0: Welcome to another edition of Mass, Mats and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at Harvey 75 Over there is my co-host, cohort, uh, just got off a plane seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> and he's really excited about it, let me tell
1: you. I can't wait to start the podcast. So who the hell are you? Uh, at Byron Fever on Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, and Instagram, find me on Instagram, look at all my cat pictures, hashtag Billy Fever. Send me money on Venmo. That was the app I've been referencing in case he doesn't know. It's like a PayPal thing.
0: And our third co host tonight, because Casey isn't here, is apparently Billy Fever. Billy, are you chewing on my Radio Shack bag from all these new cables that I bought? She is. So have fun carrying those cables around. I wonder what that's going to sound like. It's almost like people always come on the show and chew things, chews and woos, chews and Woo! woo. Why do people do that? Why do people? Billy, are you hungry? You hungry?
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. She yelled at me when I when I got home tonight.
0: So, um, you know,
1: today's going to be a
0: really, really dull episode. There's nothing interesting going on in the world of Lucha Underground or in the world of MMA. It's oh. really, really slow, quiet... Jay, we- I'm kidding, of course. It's just a boring day in news in general. Oh, my God. It's been ridiculous. Like, just the past couple of weeks, and I was talking with J-Man about this when we were doing our, our, our Fight Week preview show the other day. It's just been so fucking crazy. It's been this whirlwind. First, the, the heels came into town. We did the Urban mm-hmm. Shoot interview. Then we went to Ultima Lucha, uh, Trace... And then Ultima Lucha Dose is going to be airing on television. And then we did this Kevin Cross interview where he's kind of breaking a little bit of news. Um, and I have some theories about that, too, man. Because I am... who After this episode, I have some things going through my head. Um, and then we got... Jeez. All this MMA stuff. Like, I didn't even have time yeah. to really look at some of the fights during that whole crazy Ultima Lucha Trace weekend. Because... You know, and then like as soon as that was done, it just it hit me like a ton of bricks like holy shit, three of the biggest UFC cards ever are coming down the pipeline and i'm like not even fucking prepared mentally for any of that and then i was like i gotta get j-man on the phone byron was a, byron literally just flew back to la like right this second called yeah. me up and i was like dude let's do our podcast right now there's so much going on he was like dude i agree we have to drop a podcast like as soon as possible because
1: this shit is out of control it's weird justin didn't offer to pick me up from the airport he waited till i got home i i was i had ice cream to eat it's weird it was yummy
0: but the good news about that <laughs> is, you people at home don't have to hear me eat the ice cream. So hashtag you people, you people. Um, we might try to give Casey a call because there's a couple things I'd really love to pick his brain about. If we can't get him, we can't. It's a little late, Casey time. He gets up for his shoot life uh, pretty early in the morning, so this is pretty late for him. We're recording at 10:45 post Alvarez dos Anjos, 10:45 we'll a.m.
1: right now, and Casey's already in bed.
0: So yeah, right. You wish. Um, so tonight. Here's some of the stuff I want to talk about. Byron doesn't even know this. He's completely unprepared. I'm just going to hit him over the head with it. Um, We might even get Jimmy on the phone. That might be cool. Maybe we'll call up uh, Vinny. I don't know. Can we call him Jimmy Five? Sure. Why? Uh, I didn't think it that far through. Okay, that's fine. We'll call him Jimmy Five. We'll see if he likes it. And if he doesn't, then he's just going to get stuck with that gimmick. We're booking this show, so he's getting stuck with the gimmick. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Tonight, I want to talk about Sexy Star. I do want to talk about Sexy Star and a lot of people are going to say, oh my God, don't talk about the Sexy
1: Star thing. I'm going to do it. I don't give a fuck. Shout out to the Heels for having a huge heart on for Sexy Star and a gift of the gods. They keep, they keep, uh, what is it, what is it they're doing? They're they're predicting and choosing her to win the the belt last, last Ultima Lucha and this one.
0: They, they love they love the whole
1: Sexy Star thing. They want her to yeah. get the gift of the gods. I think Sexy Star is great at a lot of things, except for fighting in a ring. <laughs> you guys are terrible. See, I, I tend
0: to agree with J-Man on a lot of things I found out over the last few weeks, but we'll get into that. We'll, me and you can, can yeah. debate the, there, there's the a Sexy Star debate thing. To be, to um, also, we're going to talk a little bit about Puma tonight. There's been some Puma news, and I just like to say Puma. It's kind of like
1: Acapulco. I want to say ricochet can well, you we can, can you say make that my too. voice like bounce from left to right choo, choo,
0: choo, choo. no i put you mostly on the the right and i go mostly on the left because that's where uh, like the driver's side is in the car so mm, i feel like that that's the speaker that's prime time so i put myself in the good speaker and i put you in the, the my shitty good six side nine.
1: is the other side sonically
0: right well we'll see We'll see if people if you're feeling weird brain waves because Byron is on one side of your head and I'm on the other a little bit more. Not it's not like a hard pan. It's kind of like a, you know, like a, a ten o'clock two o'clock thing.
1: So and if you don't like it, just let us know and we'll change it. You know what you do when Casey comes on? Put him in the rear channels and that'll make him feel like just really uncomfortable. Just around Casey.
0: Interesting. Well, that's how I feel when we're at the temple because his voice kind of like wraps
1: around the side of my head like a warm wet blanket has he ever slipped his hands in your pockets at the temple nope, and then you. said like no, whoops, no, whoops. You. yeah just got excited no
0: when he's screaming take my pocket at you that's just for you
1: no he no he no no not like that not like in no, the no, like I, authoritative I sort I of way i don't way think he is. knows about that you should it's just like sometimes he'll be like oh how did my hand get in your front jeans pocket sorry um so also, we, so I do want to talk a little bit about Puma. I want to talk about
0: Ultima Lucha Dos, Unique Opportunities uh, Abound episode. I want to talk about... I, actually, I take it back. I don't want to talk about this, but I'm going to have to talk about this. John Bonehead Jones. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> That's his new name. It's not John Bones yeah. Jones anymore. It's John Bonehead Jones from mm-hmm. now on to me for a while. And he, this guy, if you know anything about me... I have a serious love for the Jackson Winkle John camp. John Jones has been a hero of mine for a long time. Uh, I really wanted to see him come back from doing some some horrible things in his life and, and be a superhero. But apparently that's not going to be the case. So got to talk about that. Got to talk about UFC 200. Want to talk a little bit about the UFC Hall of Fame because I forgot to do that on my preview episode with J-Man. We were kind of just hauling... Uh, doing that one, and I was in the car, and we were that was, it was crazy, but it was good. We needed to get that stuff out. Me and J-Man had to talk. So, um, anyway, I want to get into some of this stuff. Why don't you see if you can get... Uh, text Casey and see if he's still awake. Casey? Yeah. Because uh, there's one, one subject that I, I know that he's going to regret not being here
1: for. Why don't we just call
0: him? I'm just call him. Calm. Just call him. See if he answers. Just... Um, and I'll kick it off by saying... Um, there's been rumors about Puma, this is not spoilery related, um, but there's rumors that he has not officially accepted his, uh, new contract offer with Lucha Underground. Um, so the, the artist formerly known as Puma or Ricochet or whatever the heck you want to call him, um. And it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. It's like... I have a
1: question. Who do I yeah. know from New Jersey? I'm getting a call from New Jersey all of a sudden.
0: Oh, that's that might be Jimmy.
1: Jimmy Five?
0: Yeah. See if that's Jimmy. Put him on. I can try case.
1: Hello? have Byron? Yeah, who is this? It's Jim. Jimmy Five, what's up? What's up, Jimmy Five?
2: Um, not much. Uh, yeah, I was
1: told to call you by something. How'd you get my
0: How did you get my number? I sent it to him through telekinesis. Uh, <laughs> Jim, are you there? Can you hear me as well as you can hear Byron? Because I'm far away from you.
2: No, I hear you, but you're further back.
0: Byron, come closer. Come, come closer. Be Why friendly. don't you
1: get closer here? Why don't you get closer here? <sighs> it's my home. Oh, this it's is. Like I'm already listening to the show. This is my favorite spot to sit in.
0: Did you give him the, the the legal disclaimer about like being on the air and like that he has to approve being on the air and all that? But well, you know the legal stuff from doing TV,
1: right? No, I was, I was I have a shirt that has the disclaimer on the shirt, so I I wore that when I texted him. No, I was tweeting at Jimmy, like pretending I had no idea there was a podcast so jim here's here's the
0: thing um we uh yeah he byron has no clue i love uh, i love those tweets guess
1: what he's it, not here
0: and uh did we lose him your phone yeah. died already
1: just things things are happening
0: this show's my, so professional my
1: phone sucks it's an apple iphone
0: i have a degree in audio engineering i don't use it not for this show <laughs> I do television, too. Somebody asked me the other day, they are like, we've heard you say stuff on the podcast oh, about, the being, Hello? about being about uh, being a TV producer and you having this audio degree and like, what do you do? I'm actually a TV producer, yeah. but I have an audio degree. And somehow through audio, I got into comedy writing and that led to producing reality television. Don't ask me how exactly that, that worked. It was a, a 10, 15 year process that led me there. Jim. Hello. What's up?
3: I don't, I don't know, know why.
0: Byron hung up on you. Why he was like, I don't, I am, mm. I'm enough co-host for this show anytime. I don't need mm. another co-host. My arms
1: got tired. I dropped my phone.
0: It's bullshit. So here's the first thing I wanted to talk about, and maybe you have some opinions on this. Um, we were talking about the fact that uh, it, it appears that Prince Puma has not signed a uh, another contract with Lucha Underground officially yet, and that he's kind of uh, not going to do that right now. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean anything, it just means that he's not giving anybody any answers right now I think it means that he's probably going to go to WWE Um, just ride out his, his stuff in Japan for a little while until his Lucha no compete clause is, you know, up and then as soon as that's done really make a final firm decision but I think he'll go to WWE, what do you think?
2: I mean, I think it'll happen, but Will WWE wait that long for the for the that final show to air?
0: I don't know, and I mean that's the weird, tricky part about Lucha Underground. And I saw a yeah. lot of a lot of fans were really mad, especially New Japan fans of Ricochet. Um, the Lucha fans weren't so mad, but a lot of the the New Japan fans were really mad about like like Lucha holding this guy hostage or something. And it's not really that; it's just they're with their taping cycle. It's a contract that basically says, while your your stuff is airing, you can't be on televised wrestling television somewhere else in the United States. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like we're not going to give somebody money to tape stuff for us that's not going to air for a year, and then let them shit all over it by going to some other place.
3: Yeah,
1: I also my, I also think um, that Ricochet is is one of the top stars of the show. He was sought after. I mean. I heard him on the Steve Austin podcast. Uh, Shot! Shot! Uh, shout out to our peer, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fellow. Oh, he's a peer now. He's a he's a fellow podcaster, and I want to say you're doing a great job. Big fan of your podcast because he needs that validation from us. Um, and uh, well, <laughs> I'm drinking one of his Stone Cold brews. <laughs> I'm reading a the cold label IPA? right now to myself, but not out loud, and it tastes really great. Whatever it is. He I hope he's paying you. What, did you have a point
0: about Puma, Barn?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's treated really well like creatively. And also, like he's able to work in Japan. And financially, like Conan was trying to get him for the longest time. I think he got paid everything he wanted to get paid for what he was doing there. So, I don't feel bad for the guy. I also feel WWE wants him. Yeah, They're not going to put a mask on him. And... That's going to make it that much easier. Plus, WWE money and lawyers, they'll put him in NXT. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think he'll be a decent addition,
0: though. I, I, I'm i a little worried that he's going to fall into the same bracket with like some of the cruiserweights, where it's like, he's great, but he doesn't have anyone else to wrestle great with. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do? Who's like, he, whose chest is he going to run off of? Who's he going to do those crazy sick spots with?
1: Like, Yeah, like, Neville's already like a couple years away from not wrestling on TV for WWE anymore. Who else is going to keep up with him?
0: I don't know. What are your thoughts,
1: Jim?
2: I mean, I think he'd be great on WWE TV. And, you know, by the time he gets in, we have no idea who is even going to be in NXT by that time. Uh, Even with the roster, or the brand split, we might even just go straight to the main roster just to fill things out. That's Mm. possible. That's
0: very possible. Especially then, because... The roster probably will have been going for a while and it will probably need an- another little kick in the pants.
1: Oh, you never know. They may just throw a ton of money at it in the next three months. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, that's Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, NXT is also desperately going to need a draw because they're, they're booking stadiums and they've established a track record that they're not going to be able to maintain once... like they've just restocked and yeah
0: but the hope for nxt on my part is that they do get to, to to like where an ecw or a lucha underground is where the brand itself is what you pop over and they can start plugging in almost anyone like if you look at that height of of ecw in the late 90s or it was just like, dude, anybody who had the balls to debut for ECW and wrestle one of those matches was instantly over.
3: It just didn't yeah. even
0: matter who it was. NXT is not there yet. There's still some people they'd thrown out there, and you're just kind of like, okay, wake me up when they get back to somebody I care about. Yeah. Hopefully, though, if they do the right thing with that brand, the brand is what you pop for.
1: They're doing all right with... They're putting people out there with the work, work rate, and they're putting people out there in storylines and matches that seem to kind of matter. A- at the very least that could all kind of make sense Um but you know that being said you're not going to, to you're not going to pay to see Blake and Murphy.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> you know but you're going to you, you know when they have a tag match you know it's going to be a good match Maybe. in NXT.
0: Maybe. It just depends. You get a certain style of work going in NXT and sustain it for another year I think you get it. Alright so I'm going to move on from that. The Puma thing, it's just, it's out there. People who love Lucha, we're talking about it. People who love New Japan are talking about it. People who care about the brand split are talking about it. So it's out there, it's in the public consciousness. Puma is. Semi available in the distant future whenever Lucha Underground comes back to air and airs a shit ton of episodes because season three is what 36 episodes long or something crazy. I wonder
1: how this will play into his big match that he has coming up, his big fight that he's doing in a couple weeks. Well, like I if said, it's affecting like, his head as he prepares for it.
0: I mean, I had all these questions when they taped it, so and I think they're all still relevant and 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 The no-spoiler version of it is, I think that coming out of Ultima Lucha Dose, I think you're going to have questions about Puma. You have questions about Puma for real. You're going to have questions about Puma from his storyline. I think that's everybody's point. And I think that because of where he is with everything, that was semi-intentional.
1: I thought it was weird timing because to me the question was Ray. Was Ray going to be another Del Rio one-off?
0: Right which which i I, i'm still worried about every day though we all pretty much know now that that's not the case um yeah he's the guy out there doing the big interviews he's doing the fox sports stuff he's the one going around he's getting extra money for it it looks like too even though that's not been officially confirmed um ray is the flagship of the brand and from what i've heard about ray he has One more full season on his current contract, and they're probably going to try to renegotiate that with him before that season even starts taping.
1: They should do a sitcom on El Rey with like Rey Mysterio and then like a wacky neighbor, (laughs) and maybe get that fluffy guy in there.
0: Oh man, you you have issues. All right. They well, there's so much stuff I gotta cover. I gotta Jimmy move to it. another. I gotta move to sexy star. Are you really calling him Jimmy Five? Jimmy Five
1: liked it. That's what is Jim. Why don't you introduce yourself his, the way you Twitter want? Uh,
0: you, the way you want to be introduced. It's like How Jimmy do you want to Roman be referred? Because five. if not, Byron's gonna call you Jimmy Five for the rest of this whole fucking thing. I mean, I
2: was going as J Five on my Twitter handle for a little while. Then I just put my real name on there, which is up there now, which is fine. Uh, Jim Velasco is my name
1: you can, <laughs> can you, well, you tell the white people how to spell that and find you on Twitter
2: yeah uh, well my handle uh, my Twitter handle is at Jimmy V underscore WCN and uh, yeah my real name is up there too So the V
1: stands just, for 5 right that's where the 5 came
2: from because V is Roman numeral for 5 and hopefully some people caught on
1: to that it's, this is really great news for By- me.
0: Byron thinks he speaks Roman
1: <laughs> i just I, I understand it
0: great well, you got it. sexy star okay sexy star we're gonna talk about this and then we gotta talk about this sweet ass freaking episode but sexy star um i've said it i'm not afraid to talk about this I uh, i wish casey was here because boy does casey
1: have some opinions on this casey right now woke up from his sleep and took a piss break
0: um and I'm going to text him to see if he's still awake, if he wants to talk about it, because Casey would light the world on fire, I think, talking about this one. Yeah. And, and Byron might, too.
1: Yeah, I have, I have opinions.
0: So the story is that Sexy Star basically decided, oh, hey, this would be a good idea, or somebody pushed her into it, or somebody she's associated with, or who knows, that I, I'm going to talk about being a wrestler, unmask, for the purpose of boxing yeah when i'm in the middle of a bunch of lucha underground stuff that's already been taped with me in the mask
1: yeah she (laughs) the thing is lucha underground has a ton of incredible female talent but they picked her when when they were putting the show together as the inspiring female luchadora that wears a mask that the kids are gonna love and is going to be the focal point of everything that they're trying to prove with intergender wrestling. They have a great supporting cast, but they wanted that masked wrestler to be at the top of it, and that was Sexy Star. Her character's talking points are centered around her finding strength through her mask. So now that she's boxing for real, are you, does, you're not sending texts in my home? It doesn't work? Now that she's fighting... The Wi-Fi hates me. Go ahead.
0: Uh, keep talking. So now she, that she's fighting... She's going
1: to be boxing without a mask on. She's just going to lose because she won't have any sort of superpowers anymore.
0: <laughs> Wait. You think that the mask gives her superpowers that are going to make her lose at boxing?
1: That's what Stryker says every week.
0: I think that... I think that maybe her footwork might be the cause of that.
1: I would have to notice that there was footwork for it to be, to, oh, for it to be the cause.
0: Oh, well, you're know what I want to yeah, know what shoot. Jim thinks. Yeah, that was a shoot and a
2: half.
1: What do yeah. you think, Jim? Yeah, what do you think? I mean,
2: I guess in, in one sense it's okay because, you know, they tape in advance and she's representing a character on one show, whereas it appears that this whole boxing thing is just her in real life. But at the same time, people are still going to associate that one person with the character. So it's just not a smart move.
1: Yeah. See, a lot of people bring up uh, other characters like like Ricochet and Puma. Which is exactly what I'm about to do. Yeah. And there's other (laughs) characters that were non-masked wrestlers that were brought in and given masked characters on the show. But I think that's different. I think Sexy Star... Is from she's from the traditional lucha background. And so people know her mask, no mask. Right. People know her as Sexy, sexy Star.
0: No, but here's here's what I'm gonna say. First of all, if you want to know what sexy star looks like without the mask, you could find that out pretty easily
1: before Yeah, follow her social media.
0: Before this happened. Okay. And the other thing I will say is she seems to be starting to move away from the AAA thing a little bit anyway.
1: Oh, no, she's long gone because right, th- they don't get along.
0: Correct. and But here's my whole point about that. In the Lucha Underground world, I feel like this is a Robert Rodriguez world, and all of these people are, are actors. We all know that, that Carly is Katrina, and she goes by Carly all the time on social media and promoting... Mm. What come on. She's Katrina. She's Katrina? She's not Katrina on social media.
1: Carly's the one that posts selfies all the time of her like in a hotel room eating pizza. Okay. Katrina's the one that wears you know right. what and, she wears and like and holds. tells
0: Carly to post pictures of that too. My whole point yeah. is I think in Lucha Underground, we're now moving into a world, and I like this world where kayfabe is not the end all, be all. I mean, we're not we're not eight year old kids anymore. And if you look at the target demographic of what Lucha Underground is hitting, it's not little kids anymore. It's people that firmly know that these guys are pretty much actors, and it's fine. Uh, it, it's like the it's like the Vader the the Vader Osprey thing where these two guys are fighting over whose style of fake fighting is more believable. It's like, you, but you both conceded that it's fake fighting, right? What's What's the argument about? We're talking about Sexy Star here is another actress on a hit TV show on the L Rey Network, which is not widely carried in America. Uh, she's just, that's it. She's an actress on, on basically a, a, a great drama show on a B network. I don't think that there I don't think that she should have a different set of rules than anyone else there. And this is this is my point about being mad about it. It's not that it's not that Sexy Star didn't necessarily do something that was wrong in the wrestling world. Maybe she did. I don't think she did something wrong in the Lucha Underground world. I think Lucha Underground is a world where we're all going to get the best performers if we accept that this is a TV show. This is a hit drama like Game of Thrones or any other TV show. And we respect the fact that, you know, Kit Harrington is not actually a character in Westeros. He's Kit Harrington when he's not in Game of Thrones. I think that about? sexy star can be somebody else off the show, and then she can be somebody else on the show, and it doesn't hurt a thing. But it's, it's Who's gonna be upset?
1: Well Who's really gonna be upset? I would be upset if I put all my eggs in the basket of this of this masked character, and then that masked character is basically thrown in the trash. Right before I load all my bags in the basket, and then I get ready to throw more eggs. Okay, in the basket.
0: and I get I get that to a certain so, extent. Like, like you don't want to hire Robert
1: Downey for a movie. She's killing the brand. All like this brand as sexy star. Also, there's a difference. Like you don't you wouldn't see Blue Demon Junior show up to Lucha and take his mask off and be like, "Hey, uh just call me Bill." But if he
0: lo- if he left Triple A. And Lucha became his primary thing, and you knew that his career wasn't going to be that much farther anyway. Would it really matter if all of a sudden, outside of the ring in Mexico, he's out of costume doing something else, doing a telenovela or something, and then also Blue doing Lucha Jr. Underground
1: would, in the, the mask? It would matter for Blue Demon Jr. To who? <laughs> to to me- the average Lucha Underground fan he's or to Mexico. Mexican fans? To, well, I don't know how many Lucha Underground fans he has. But to his Mexican fans. Uh, and so to, to you're, the people worried, who, you're
0: worried about AAA fans, which you've already said Sexy has moved on from. You're worried about fans in Mexico of the AAA product and her AAA gimmick? Or are you worried about what Lucha Underground fans are going to think of Sexy Star now that she's come out of the mask? Are I'm, we going to
1: stop watching? I'm saying, well, I'm not going to stop watching the show. I <laughs> just think... I just think you have someone who is saying I'm this, I'm not that anymore. But that is what's going to be is what she's going to be on TV doing, and that's what we invest in. But now that that whole like sexy star thing doesn't matter. Jim, am I crazy?
2: Well, you're kind of far. I can't hear you.
1: <laughs> am I am I crazy to think that that sexy
0: star? is not ruining her gimmick for Lucha Underground purposes. Like, I don't think the average Lucha Underground fan is going to care at all.
2: No, because I, as I mentioned before, I kind of see it as two separate things. Like, Sexy Star is a character on the show, and the the woman who plays her is doing her own thing. I don't antiquate it to being the same exact thing, so I, I don't think it really affects her character that much.
0: Yeah. At least that's what I think. I mean, I think she is doing something stupid. I agree with Byron in that regards. I do believe that it's not the smartest thing for her business or her brand. I just don't think that the Lucha Underground fans that I've seen that are butthurt about it should be because I don't think it hurts her for our sake and for our purposes on the show.
1: I I fear for what could happen in her match. If uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's but, hard I mean, to, to but, talk about this.
0: I understand. But, I, I get that. There, look, people, it just, the, the I, reality is there's some, there's some finer points to this that the three of us understand that we can't necessarily yeah. talk about that makes it e- even but a I, bigger I f- kind of slap in the face on her part. But at the same time, I, I still think that that's going to work out fine too. And I also don't think that she's going to be in Lucha Underground Forever. I think she goes a couple more seasons maybe and and she's going to get phased out into another I don't know area that. of her life anyway. I don't think she's going to be able to keep up with where Lucha Underground is going. I think she's a great springboard for the product, but I don't think she's a good platform for the product long
1: term. I think that I think they love her and I think you got Mariposa as the only other, am I, am I blanking, only other masked female fighter on the show. And she's a heel and she's... No, Cobra Moon and Mariposa
0: Cop- and Sexy Star.
1: Wait, Mariposa is what I meant to say. Who did I say was the other one?
0: You said Mariposa. I said Cobra Moon is the third one that you didn't say. Yes, Cobra Moon,
1: yeah. Yeah, Cobra Moon, she's great, but I don't know if she is someone to anchor the division around. I think Sexy represents the the division. And she gets the opportunities. Um, She had that incredible no moss match with Mariposa, but Mariposa is a heel... You know, she's not yeah. the one that's going to be inspiring, you know, your fans that women can whatever she's the bad guy.
3: Well,
0: and I think so, that the I think that going forward, the division uh, is probably not going to be anchored by women from triple A. Like, you got Sexy and you got Taya. I don't think you're getting any other women from AAA. I don't think the Apaches are going anywhere. I just don't, you know, I don't think that that AAA can really afford to give up any of the other women. Sexy Star was a little long in the tooth on their end, so they could afford to. Taya had other aspirations and could find herself in WWE or TNA or someplace else quickly anyway. So I don't think they had a choice about letting Taya expand and, and spread her wings a little bit. And like they, they still get the benefit of, of having Taya around a little bit.
1: Taya's a champion, I think. Yeah, Sexy used to be a champion. Yeah. But She-Shell Michaels did. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's pretty much a, a, the perfect description.
1: No, I, I'm all about Sexy Star doing this boxing thing and saying, I'm not Sexy Star, I'm Dolce, whatever. And saying, like, fuck off AAA because of how they treat her business-wise. That's all great. I just kind of feel like she shouldn't create distracting attention right before Ultima Lucha, Lucha 2. But Lucha can't
0: do that much more for her
1: either. But she could wait until after Ultima Lucha 2 and then do her own personal stuff and have that sort of come and go and, does and American, people get used to it. Maybe and then,
0: American TV just doesn't translate to her either. Of well, how big, big a deal that might be in the long run.
1: I mean, we don't know how bad her boxing career is going to be, but I remember she. She'll win the she first was, fight. Mm,
0: Come on. They're going to feed her a
1: can. She was on Conan's podcast a while ago talking about how she's been. Dude, training. her old man is going to
0: make sure that they feed her a can.
1: Are had, you did kidding you see, me? Did you see a Mickey Rourke fight in Russia like a year ago? <laughs> oh, God. That's what I think her fight's going to be like, God. and I think she'll be just as victorious. Oh. Did you see a Jimmy
2: Five? I actually did
1: not see it. You haven't seen? Look up, Mickey Rourke's. Uh, I think he fought some homeless guy. They <laughs> flew him out there and put him in shorts, and uh, and he fought him in he, Russia in a huge fight.
0: When and he you wore go buy hat. Hunts tomatoes at the grocery store, that guy's face is now on the can. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. Well, look. I don't. I don't know that there's a solution to this. It's just something to talk about. I think we're going to end up talking about this one for a long time because we're not going to really see the effects of some of what Sexy Star is doing for a
1: while. You know what I'm going to bet on? I bet that we're. I bet we won't talk about it for a long time because I bet that she won't actually follow through with a boxing career.
0: I bet we're going to talk about it next week because Casey will not be able to control himself when he hears this podcast. Should no, we not talk about it when he's around?
1: He'll jump out of his skin. By
0: oh, the right? way, he
2: should. He will
1: he knows it's what we're doing. He's spending all the time that he would be talking about it, like telling me he can't talk about it.
0: Well, it's a, it's a shame. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, I want to talk about this unique opportunity episode of uh, Lucha Underground before I get into MMA stuff tonight because the MMA world is on fire as we speak. And as we're recording, I'm still waiting for a couple of pieces of information to come in about what's going on there. Guys, stay tuned. Uh, I've been trying to stay ahead of this story all day. If you've been watching my Twitter, um, it's been crazy. Um, but let's talk about this this Ultima Lucha Dose, the first episode. It's all about the unique opportunities. Um, did you guys find it weird that this whole night was basically dedicated to Just the one gimmick, that you're not really seeing anything outside of the unique opportunity gimmick in this whole episode.
2: I mean, I thought it was extremely interesting that they did that, because you're basically watching the entire show just to see what happens. You know, like, what is the opportunity? Will whoever wins take the opportunity? It's like, basically, it had you engaged the entire time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that was the point. I think that's kind of what DJ was going for—is like, can I do one gag that basically strings everybody along to a payoff, and still make and make that payoff feel like something?
2: But at the same time, there are like multiple payoffs.
1: Well, tournaments in general are awesome, and we got Bowler coming up, which is which is a three-day massive tournament and everyone loves that you got king of the ring was always a fun thing when that used to be a real thing um they're they're just they're fun because everything just has to matter
0: right everything hinges on on where you're going so all the storylines have to converge into one
1: single place and they were all they were all kind of the same no dq match but They were all awesome. Well, I disagree with that because the first match, I gotta
0: tell you guys, I'm surprised that New Jack didn't come down to the ring (laughs) with a shopping cart at the start of this match. Um, this felt to me, and I loved it, I had no problem with it at all. It felt like an homage to ECW, which everyone knows I fucking love. I, I like short of a shopping cart and a staple gun. Yeah, I was. I I
1: the ECW a little bit, Byron. You ever see one of the shows? I saw one on TV once.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know. I may have. Uh, I may have participated in a couple ECW events in, back in my day. But that that's kind of what it felt like. And um, as great an actual luchador, and I do co- I do consider him a luchador. Willie Mack is. Um, he's the best luchador in South Central. <laughs> For sure. Um and and surprisingly Cage isn't a half bad luchador himself.
1: It's weird he keeps doing more like he ever since he fought Matanza He's been doing more lucha moves.
0: Well, why not? When you got that monster there that can suplex anybody into a donut at any point in time, like, I guess, yeah. I think he was probably just like, well, fuck, I guess I better learn how to flip off the ropes because this dude yeah. has got the market cornered on monster. Or whenever he can
1: find someone who can base for him. Yeah, He's I'm, just, a, I'm gonna. I'm doing it. Ranas. <laughs> Tilt the world cage. Tilt the world machine.
0: Um, but uh, so as much as these guys can actually surprisingly both get around very easily in the ring, um, this turned into kind of an old school hardcore match. Like I wanted to see Bob Holly roll in. I wanted to see fucking Sandman. I wanted to see fucking New Jack. It was old school hardcore. Byron is smiling maniacally at me. He hates that I'm saying this. No,
1: I just I texted uh, Casey. I wrote to him that we pretty much covered all the sexy star talk and that we all agreed that we hope that she becomes the first boxing and lucha champion. And I'm just listening now, to his that head explode would, right that now. That
0: would be cool if she had both at the same time just for the purpose of fucking with Casey.
1: Like, he's about 40 miles north, and I God, think I can, can feel the happen. ground shake for him yelling.
0: Oh, these things need to happen. I want, I want sexy star at the fucking top of the card. Yeah. I want the Casey. logo changed
1: to her mask.
0: Yeah, I want Casey. Oh, ho, ho. oh wow. yes. I want Casey <laughs> chained to a chair in front of the TV, watching oh. every sexy star match
1: on repeat. All of the B-roll of Casey cheering is for her, her spots and her matches.
2: The funny thing is, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be matches. They'd just be uh, parts of the matches where she's running into the turnbuckle.
1: She runs. <laughs> She does.
0: She has oh. a slightly different gait than the other wrestler. She's a little bit shorter. She's got more of Aerostar's Star's gait than, say, maybe I, I don't know who's the tallest guy, Angelico,
1: and Angelico. Angelico. Oh, if you're Steve Austin, it's like Angelica. Angelico. Angelico. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel I feel like someone tried to rib her once, and they tied the laces to her boots together, and she didn't even notice. Look, we. Uh, I, Look, we've tied. We've talked some shit about sexy star, but was anybody complaining
0: when that no moss
1: match fucking aired? No, she's a great character, and she she's great at firing up, and you know she is a great character. So but every, that's she this, matters, look every but,
0: every wrestler has a different level of skill and a yeah. different type of style. We know what sexy stars is, and so then it becomes the responsibility of Chris Roach and DJ and EV Dub and whoever else is over there, and whoever's agenting her matches it becomes their responsibility because she's a star to get her over by having the work yeah, yeah, in her matches make sense
1: i just I, I i like uh wrestlers with more of an edge so i like you know pentagon jinger i like Eva um i get that Taya. but you know when you, when so, you get sid vicious
0: at the top of the company for instance you got to find ways to make sid vicious work that's it
1: it's just that simple we had to do a Sid Vicious reference on a Lucha podcast. <laughs> That's your fault, Jimmy Five. I'm blaming you. God
0: damn it. So we, we digressed a little bit because I got to give Sexy a little bit of props. Th- no matter what you say about her, she is fucking super duper over.
1: Yeah. Super no, duper is. over.
0: And there's always going to be something said. Like people don't get over for no reason. She didn't just wake up over one morning. She did something to get over Some writers did something to help get her over. Some agents created some matches to help her get over. Like there's a reason she's over.
1: She got the curse on TV. Yeah, but I I was popping
0: for that match before she dropped the bomb.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying them letting her do that in that moment, like that's the time that someone says the f word on the show and the entire run.
0: Well, that gave her some indie credibility because not a whole lot of wrestlers on a taped on a pre-taped show get an f bomb in. In fact, she might be the only one ever.
1: Yeah. So it's you know. She's she's a superstar and she's treated like a superstar on the show. Um, Not to steal.
0: So, Willie Mac versus Cage. I'll throw in my thoughts and then I'll let you guys say what your thoughts were. I of the matches on this card, this might have been my favorite one, um, which was amazing to have it be the first thing on the show. I love when Lucha Underground starts off an episode with what is the best thing on the episode. But then you never feel like anything else on the episode was worse than that. You still feel like every moment you're getting something. But to me, this was the best match. Um, even as crazy as the second match was. I loved them getting in a little bit of ring work and then just getting out on the floor and making it this, this you know, falls count anywhere thing. Um, and pulling out like, you know, the, the, the first spot where they went to the floor. That was the craziest spot in the whole match, believe it or not. The so the cage is sitting. Cage is sitting on the second rope. On you know, yeah. uh, he's sitting on the outside. His arms are up oh over the top God. rope. He's sitting there, and this is what tells you that we're in Ultima Lucha because this is not a crazy spot. This isn't something that's going to get necessarily a huge pop, but at the same time, um, that you can already tell that these guys even doing this spot means that they're going the extra mile. They're ready to take it somewhere else. So, you know. Willie does this like a little soft spear into Cage on the top rope. But the way that Cage comes down, if he doesn't land exactly right,
1: he's literally dead. I don't know if he landed it. I thought he landed like on his head, maybe a little bit of his neck. He he
0: he he curled his neck at the last minute, got mostly shoulder. I watched it a couple times because the first time I saw it, I was like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, why would you do that in this match? But then I realized that's what Ultima Lucha means to these dudes like this spot is how we're going to take it to the floor today. We're not going to do an easy spot. We're not going to do some fake rope climb. We're not going to do some planned yeah. catch. We're going to do a spot where we both go out to the floor, we're going to bump and then we're going to start banging each other with fucking garbage cans and stop signs. And I fucking loved it. From that moment on, oh I was just I was totally sold by this match. I was sold by Willie Mack doing the stone cold gimmick. I don't care how derivative it is. I don't care where it's coming from. The fact that this big brother from fucking South Central is doing the fucking Stone Cold with the raising the fist and the throwing beers around and the stunners, everything about it, yeah. I completely marked out for him. Well,
1: that's his gimmick now. I'm, great. I'm glad doing he has it. Doing the Stone it. Cold is, is Willie Max's gimmick. But <laughs> Cage learned something this time around. He didn't fall for the first stunner. He saw, like, after the beer was smashing, he's like, oh, I think something's coming. And he countered the stunner with the push away
0: <laughs> you make it sound so exciting jim please make it sound more exciting than that for me good lord
2: I, well i just want to say that when uh, these two fought at ultima lucha uno i probably popped the hardest out of anyone the temple well and uh the match pulled out the stunner during that first match and
3: mm. that match was amazing
2: and this match beat it like as you guys were talking about, I thought when they found the ring that he landed on his head, it's like, yeah, he probably could be dead, but no, they pulled it off somehow. And it's definitely part of that uh Ultima Lucha mentality for sure.
0: hmm Um now Cage was bleeding hard way at the end or did he uh, did, not, did he go for it or did was he hard way? I, I thought, didn't catch
1: it. I thought he I thought he bled out off of uh, like he, he bladed off of one of the Things that hit him. Why the would wrench? you blade so late in the match? The wrench?
0: Yeah, maybe. I just found it strange. Like you don't <laughs> normally really blade a the... wrench.
1: Yeah, you blade off a wrenches. Wrench. <laughs> Stop bringing wrenches and hammers. You saw it on Aces and Eights, and it looked shitty then. It doesn't look better now.
3: Yeah,
0: but they just do it so Stryker can make like a threw a wrench into the works kind of comment or something. Like I think I think Stryker
1: writes those bits. <laughs> I
2: it's don't like, know. What if
1: you guys use a wrench right now? I, want, I have a good. Joke. I
2: would also like to point out how hilarious it was that Vampiro was pointing out the fact that the Hot Tub Guy was going for
1: the candy. <laughs> <laughs> hot Dog Guy was still there. That's awesome. That was, uh, that was, ouch, you're mean. What? You're mean. I didn't say the candy thing. That was Jimmy I, Fallon.
0: I will, I will turn this around by saying it was really awesome to see so many friends in the crowd on this episode. Yes.
2: Oh, I told, I told J-Man, Smashley, and Vic, I was like, man, the camera loves you guys tonight, and that is for damn sure.
0: Yeah. That wasn't the camera loving them. I'm pretty sure they each slipped DJ a 20 before the show.
1: I saw I saw, <laughs> I saw, J-Man hand like a handful of something to the camera person, and then the camera person ever turned away.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I'm pretty sure J-Man was trying to get everyone's numbers in post, too, so that he could get the editors on his side. That's it's true. amazing for how much he came to the temple last year, for how much he's been on the show this season, isn't it?
1: Two flights get you a lot of episodes,
0: I guess. Get you a lot of episodes. <laughs> I, lot of episodes. I, I mean, they tape like 10 episodes a weekend now? I don't yeah.
1: know. <laughs> Shout out to J-Man <laughs> stealing but our gimmick look, on a podcast, You were You
0: got some FaceTime, too. Your seal clap thing totally made air.
1: I don't remember that, but I remember, no. If you just... don't remember
0: it, you can look at the gif that I posted on Twitter where you're clapping like a seal. I remember when, like, arr,
1: arr, arr, in arr. a later match, when uh, Tejano bumped through an entire fucking bar of, made of wood and glasses.
0: Wait, just because you don't want to talk about the seal clap, you're going to jump to, like, the finish of the next match? That wasn't the finish. It was close to it. It was what set up the finish.
1: The finish is when he brought in the uh, the beer bottles in the middle of the well, ring well, and well, stomped well, on right.
0: them. All right. Anybody got anything else to say about Willie Mac Cage? Willie Mac great goes match. over great match. Really loved it.
1: I love the callbacks with the stunner reversal with the uh, with the curb stomp into a cinder block. I wish Cage he's a machine, but I wish he would have sold stepping through a cinder block. <laughs> but it was yeah. it's also kind of funny to see a roll up finish. What are you gonna say, Jim?
2: I'm gonna say that the frog splash through the table. With
1: oh, the that was frog. the loudest. That was the loudest spot of the whole Ultima Lucha, I think. Did that blow your eardrums? Yeah. When Willie jumped off of there. You were there, hey, right? Ridiculous. Well, yeah. No, I wasn't there day one, remember? Mm, it was a good... Was I was
0: a, actually not there for this match, but I heard so much about it when I came the next day, I feel like I was there.
1: I, 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 <laughs> I tried to forget most of what happened, so when I was watching it on the on the TV it would be fresh but i remember seeing Willie Mack he put cage on the table and then he started going up to the stands i was like oh shit oh shit this is the thing this is the thing um
0: great match i, I and i really love like it made me a little upset that Willie Mack didn't get more time this season in general because I like I, I watched this match and I was just like, Holy shit, Willie Mack is fucking solid, man. Like he is a top face in the company right now and he really deserves a strong run. These are the moments when I wish there was like an IC title in Lucha Underground because he would be the guy I would want that that
1: number two top face yeah. spot to be. Like he's he's big time. Yeah. Everyone loves Willie Mack and he always delivers. But he's not Mil Moritz. Okay. You know? He's not Mil Mortis. Mill is He's he's not Matanza. But he's Willie Mack and he doesn't fuck around. Like he gets it done.
0: Well, and and the thing about Willie Mack is look, Matanza is over because A, we we know Jeff's a great wrestler. There's no question about it. He really is. He's just a good, good wrestler. Uh, but at the same time, he was groomed into that spot, and that spot was just the perfect creative creation that's why matanza is where he is it's not just it's not jeff necessarily getting the whole gimmick over but willie uh, mack is 138 percent willie mack getting the whole fucking gimmick over himself yeah yeah i mean he was booked in weird little offshoot matches or whatever and people just started popping to the point where it was undeniable that willie mack is a thing
1: willie mack also like his acting especially in the sexy star stuff was awful it was just (laughs) and like it was really weird watching him walk around in his tights and a t-shirt and he's just like standing next to sexy star sitting in underwear it's in a locker room it it was weird he's
0: got the fucking eyes for it though the facial expressions no but
1: in great but in the ring yeah when he when he does one of those like Planches or whatever over the top rope, and he stands up, and he's just looking around. Everyone goes nuts. Little John Studs dancing in the background. It's just pandemonium.
0: Yeah, And it's great. It's great.
1: Yeah, I I mean, just, I, he's I, one I, of my he's one of my favorites. But I agree, he's.
0: I just don't want to forget about him because it's like Willie Mac comes out sometimes, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, Willie Mac's in fucking Lucha Underground. Yeah. Like I for fucking forgot. It's like he, I don't want to forget anymore. I want him to have. Some more solid angles where we don't forget. But, hey, he won his first match here. So yeah. he is moving on. And our second match is.
1: Is it Tejano and.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it's Son of Havoc and Tejano.
1: Tejano. Tejano has to be the favorite in this match going in.
0: Isn't he the favorite in every match that he's in? He's like the longest reigning mega AAA champion of all time, as Stryker is very fond of
2: reminding me.
1: Does that check out Jimmy 5? Does that what? Does it check out? Is that a true story?
2: Yes, uh, he is the longest reigning AAA mega champion in the company's history.
1: Oh, well that that's... Thank you for bringing that up. That's very interesting. <laughs> No, But look, he's he's very good, too, and he hits really hard.
0: And I like Tejano better in Lucha Underground than AAA.
1: Yeah, I like everyone in Lucha better than AAA.
0: I don't know if I, I agree with think,
1: that. They do better I work.
2: don't think watch as much AAA as you guys. Has Tejano ever been a face in A?
0: Tweener. Like a tweener face, but not really. Not full baby face, I don't think. Casey would be the one that would know. Hey Casey,
1: why don't you call in if you're listening?
0: <laughs> but I think it was more like tweener face status, just because of his angles and gimmicks. Yeah. But I, I, look, I love him in in lucha. I just think that, um, I, I don't know. I something, I feel like he he. He gets... The crowd gets into Tejano's head and he loves it so much that he, like, takes it to a level where he didn't even plan on taking it.
1: It's crazy because he came in as the guy for... Like, Alberto Del Rio is such of a high pedigree of a wrestler that he had to bring in his own, like... Right,
0: his own foil. His
1: own caliber of jobber, you know? Like, he doesn't... He needs, like the the longest reigning champ to, <laughs> to be, be the be guy to, to be his job right and he brought him in and, and
0: Yeah but I'll tell you t- what, but the crowd t- doesn't get into ADR the same way and so Tejano was almost to me more over than ADR well, immediately.
1: Tejano is just a, like in this vignette they show this too, he he's just a blue collar ass kicker and really there's no better way to earn the respect of the of the believers. Than to be a, a blue-collar ass-kicker.
0: And the ladies love him.
1: What? A, oh, Jimmy, do you remember what they call him? What some of the ladies call Tejano?
2: In, I know they call him something, but I can't remember it off the top of my head.
1: You don't want to say it.
0: Nobody wants to say it. No heterosexual guy wants to say,
1: Sexano. Um, maybe <laughs> it's a good thing I
0: don't remember them. It's Sexano. Yeah.
1: It's Six, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They call the the. the oh jeez. Yeah, the girls at the temple call him Sexano. He has the Sexano section where I'm sure he could get laid the second he stepped out of the ring if he really needed to.
1: Like if he'll throw someone outside the ring on the other side and then he'll and, walk over and there I have for,
2: respect for those you know, ladies. That's think he doesn't really get too many like televised entrances anymore? <laughs> it just drives the ladies too crazy. It
0: might. They just start him in the ring so that the that they can keep the crowd under control. I think the ladies have been pretty pissed about it too. Like he comes in and just walks straight to the ring and then stares at him and they're kinda of mad.
1: <laughs>
0: but look, you know, we've had we've had a wrestling show with a live sex act. We don't need another one. That that's been taken care of. WWE did that. It's done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Edge for banging his friend's girlfriend and that making his career a lot more successful.
0: Right on. Hey. Whatever it takes to get over.
1: Good business sense.
0: <laughs> so, um, Look, uh, this was another crazy. This was a bar brawl, and uh, my I, I tweeted mm. on Twitter that uh, because that's where you tweet. You tweet on Twitter.
1: I almost segued live sex to the final deletion.
0: God, we got to talk about that too. We will talk <laughs> no. about final deletion. Jimmy I mean, not and I much are fans. but anyway, so um, yeah, this was a a uh, 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 Boyle Heights bar fight, and yeah. Which is appropriate because if you, if you speak any Spanish and you understand the things that Tejano was
1: saying, they're pretty Ugh. much
0: only things that you would say in a bar in Boyle Heights and or TJ.
1: Basically, if you were going to fight Tejano, you would end up with a lot of brain damage. Like you would not understand through all the concussions what happened to you. But you would definitely know you'd remember that he's fucking your mother, your mother
0: in, in various ways. Yes, that your
2: chief says that and fights that aren't even bar fights.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basic, basically, you know, if you're fighting Pentagon, you're some kind of, of faggy pussy, and if you're fighting Tejano, something bad has happened to your mother's. Vagina. I think they
1: all just fuck each other's moms, except for like <laughs> it's. It gets weird when Phoenix and Pentagon are in the same ring, but yeah. <laughs> No, you can
0: say it. It was the funniest thing ever for Pentagon basically to tell Phoenix to go fuck his mother. <laughs> Whatever. I
2: was, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, hold on. You can't
0: say that. That's your mom. Don't don't do that. Like, we we have to break kayfabe here for a minute. Like, can you just say you're a pussy or you're a piece of shit or something else? Because you talking to your brother about fucking his mom when at least sixty percent of us in the room know that your brothers does not work for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: care about K-Fame. Like, that's just icky.
1: Yeah, come on, guys. We're trying to watch a show here. We're yeah, adults. it
0: like took it took me out of the show for a second. I was like, fuck, you guys can't do that.
1: What took me into the show was when I was standing ringside in the Ivelisse section with our bandanas. And they set up that bar thing at ringside. And we thought, what in the fuck is going on? Jimmy, you were there, right? What were you thinking?
2: I actually was not there for that one. I was only present for parts two and
1: three. It just made me look like an idiot. Thanks. Jimmy came with me, dude. Awesome. Well, I was there. Let's forget that happened. And, and I you saw didn't them need set it up, looking
0: like an idiot. Either I saw yeah. you on TV. It was pretty awesome. But the uh, the neck sash and the hat. And no,
1: that's the Evelise bandana.
0: So you were trying to look like a woman.
1: Say that to Ivalice. Say that to No, If that's the the case,
0: then Casey and J-Ray were too.
1: Yeah. We were were showing support for one of our favorite fighters. I
0: think J-Ray pulled it off, and Casey somehow didn't make air a lot because Byron was standing in front of him for most of it, and J-Ray had way better facial expressions, so they went to him a lot.
1: J-Ray has the best facial expressions. And then on the other
0: side, you had um, Smashley and Vic and and J-Man, and they were insane, and Smashley was on camera the whole time. And then you had that cute blonde girl that somehow has made it yeah. into a whole lot of
1: episodes too. Yeah, to
0: that. I, remember
3: I only yeah, remember yeah.
0: her being at one or two. Ta- I think she's the editor's girlfriend.
1: She's, I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, when she got placed in because, you know, they tend to stand out in the crowd sometimes. What, white blonde girls. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But she would, I think she is, uh, here, here's, uh, uh, um, uh, no, we shouldn't try and figure out who a stranger is, but I think she's, like, associated with someone from will figure from out who, who,
0: who she is. He's a stalker. And I'm eating, um, this is, a this is a roasted Israeli couscous with Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. and cauliflower. It's pretty good. And, uh, roasted tomatoes.
1: He calls it the Roman um, Reigns because he likes it so much.
0: I, <laughs> I uh, I made this myself. I'm it's weird chef.
1: that Justin shows up and his favorite Roman Reigns uh, hoodie when he records about Lucha Underground.
0: It's not a hoodie. It's a vest.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> cut the sleeves off and the hood off. Really weird. He could have done it with a t-shirt. You wish, man. Uh, but it, that's, they set up this the bar and the last thing you think is someone's going to straight up fall through it. I was wondering what was going on. Like, are, now we just have a bunch of like props, like they're going to smash bottles or glasses over each other's head. And they did. They did that too.
0: Like, like, okay, I, not even getting into a lot of the match because the match was whatever. The match was what it was. Um, But first of all, we have to get to just straight up broken glass everywhere. Wrestlers bumping on the steps like they just don't care.
1: It's weird there wasn't a lot of blood. From candy glass? Now,
0: this, these look like candy glass spots to me, unlike some yeah. other stuff that I've seen where yes. it's real glass. This was candy, um, yes. but it was fun. I mean, uh, I, I, I like that's... Havoc putting on the village people thing, doing the fireman gimmick. That
1: was awesome. Like, dude, as
0: soon as you see a shirtless man in a mask with a beard and a fire hat, like... That's when it's like, damn, like everyone who makes fun of me for liking wrestling is probably right. Like, this is yeah. just a little homoerotic here, but fuck it's it. <laughs> it's silly.
1: He, but Havoc was doing the perfect, that, that's part of Havoc's sort of every man underdog character. You know, he's with us and like he'll laugh with us at something. And he'll, you just go for he'll a take joke. take the step back like, oh, I'm wearing a helmet and he hit me in the head with the helmet. Like, come on.
0: It was great. Now, look, I'm a vodka drinker, and to see the vodka, like, I'll take a shot of vodka to the head all day long, but that's not the way that I would do it.
1: Well, also, that's not what you use to clean your eyes out.
0: Yeah, I was kind of upset. I was like a waste of good vodka.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I could have given Tejano one of my water bottles. Like, come on, man.
0: Um. But there was a couple, there was a good spots. And look, we, you know it was, it was heading to a bigger bar spot. I didn't think that they were going to go through the whole fucking thing. And like I said, I wasn't at that taping. So that yeah. was news to me when I saw it on TV. And it was pretty dope. It was Here, a good spot.
1: Here's something that happened. The, the chairs that Tejano ever so delicately placed inside the ring. When, um, when Son of Havoc was setting up the Rana off the top through the chairs. When he would pick them up, they would fall apart. And we're like, oh no, oh no, right? But it turns out when you put a pile of chair parts and you throw a guy on top of it, that's much worse.
0: Yeah, it, it, it looked like it was pretty vicious. Did it take a long time to set up? Was it kind of edited down for TV?
1: Oh no, they cut it. Yeah, they they fixed it. Okay,
2: the magic of editing.
1: I think they I think they really edited a lot of the matches for time.
2: Well, and
0: dude, it's one of the things, though, that I like about Lucha Underground. It's like when we're sitting there, we're all so hyped and we're chanting and yelling and, yeah. and everything. And when a spot takes a little bit of time to set up, it's fine when you're live. It doesn't yeah. affect it too much at all. But then when we get to TV, dear Lord, I do not want to see that on TV. Right. Please, by all means, cut that shit out. It's one of the things that makes Lucha so much better than these other shows is I don't have to sit through the, the fucking rest holds and the setups.
1: Yeah, I think we get we've gotten used to that editing. Of the matches. We're, we're getting spoiled, is what you're saying. Well, we're, all, we're getting used to just not having to see every A to B to C to D. We can cut from, like, B to D, because everything in between yeah. took too long.
0: And look, I really like uh, Son of Havoc, but uh, I'll be the first one to, to be honest about the fact that Matt takes a little time to set up his spots. He does. Like, that's he takes some time to set up his spots, and they're... Which is fine. I want to. I'm. I... He's a little bit younger than some of the other guys around. He hasn't been around that long, so he sets up his stuff carefully. He he's a very safe worker for the most part, and he he wants to get in his spots exactly the right way, but they take a little time to set up.
1: I, I think I think uh, Son of Havoc is really awesome. I and I'm very happy for him to shine on tonight. <laughs> I feel like there's a caveat coming, but. I just, no, they did a good job editing.
0: <laughs> That's the caveat, but they did a good job editing. Uh,
3: I Byron, just, doesn't, I look, just,
0: Byron likes the guy, so he doesn't want to say anything bad about him. Look, he's slow sometimes.
1: I, I just, I really, what I, what I don't like is when you set up for a top rope, like splash or shooting star press right. type maneuver, and the, while you're walk, climbing the ropes, your opponent has to roll <laughs> Across the entire ring.
0: Oh, did Tejano do the 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 boot scoot to get in the right spot?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he. Not in this one. I don't think he splashed Tejano. Got gotcha. you. I don't. Th- I think he, the finish was a broken glass.
0: Oh, that's right, it was. Yeah, I remember.
1: But he would do the same spot where he throw a guy in a corner. Yeah, but and you then, know what the and other then, thing is? Well, here's what happened. He'd throw a guy in a corner. The guy'd bounce out of the corner, and he'd go for his big boot, which is one, one of his main moves. I like that And point. then then he'd run to a indiscriminate corner and stand there for the shooting star press while the other guy rolled up to him.
0: Okay, but that's not true. I think the problem is... He needs a little more ring awareness because when he gets up and then he realizes he's got to go to the corner where the fucking jib is because that jib shot of him doing the shooting star press every time. Yeah. It, is that's money. Money.
1: So the, maybe they maybe Yeah. He just
0: needs to know where he's doing the, the spot before yeah. a little bit better. Cause he's got to go to that corner for the shooting star. press I,
1: I think, yeah, I just think personally, he may have gotten a little excited or there may have been a mix up where I guess that the setup was wrong or just, because he did the big boot setup for yeah. the Shooting Star a few times, and
0: look, he's not Billy Kidman yet.
1: Right, he's not Billy Kidman. But, but what they did was uh, in the Willie Mac match, they instead of the boot, they used a snapmare out of the corner, and then they show the guy lying down. And it took me a minute to go, oh wait, that was that. What they they did a trick, they did some magic, magic, and it was awesome. That's why it's great to tape delay or to edit stuff on post, Love and that. I don't really give a shit about live shows that much anymore because you get a better quality product if you get and to you actually it. And you get so many matches it.
0: live, and it's just so much fun to be there that it doesn't matter live, at least not for Lucha. Well, like like If I was at a WWE taping, I would probably want to murder somebody.
1: If we're there live, it's fun, but I'm talking about like watching a match on TV live like Raw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you don't get to see the match polished up. Like, Why not? See and the Rush best representation is the flagship
0: of all wrestling, and should be the most polished wrestling yeah. show out there.
1: But it, it was it was really cool how Son of Havoc started off as like the the jobber of all jobbers on the show. He well, was that's the joke he releases, here, isn't it? Well, I don't think it's the joke. I think he I earned think it's it. It's the
0: joke. It's the gag. It's the th- gag that he is the uber babyface now. He's going to do yeah. He earned it. Only things that babyfaces do, and he's still going to be a high level jobber.
1: I don't know if he's a jobber. He beat all. He beat Tejano. He beat. Okay, he, he won San- fair and square. Right,
0: he won fair and square. He won these two matches, and then he goes into his match with the Mac. Let's talk about this. The next match. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, Jim. Do you have anything to say about the Tejano Son of Havoc
2: match? No, but uh, the only thing I have to mention is you're totally right about the gym shots. It's like every, pretty much every high spot came from that corner, and it was pretty noticeable, especially like when they try to promote that stuff on social media it's like everything kind of looked the same right because they're all from that corner
0: yeah I mean it's a small room they can't they <laughs> you can't put the jib on wheels in that place so if you're gonna yeah. work those spots for the jib camera and they do they use them all the time on social media they use them to promote because they're badass I mean somehow the jib guys and son of havoc especially got that timing down. And he does that yeah. flip, and they put the camera like two inches off of his face at the top of that flip. They had it worked out perfectly.
1: Jeremy Borash should have saved money on a drone and hired this jib guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, deletion. Uh, I love the whole thing, but...
0: I'm still going to talk mean, about it. We'll get to it. But I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, and I got some things to say.
1: I think it was great.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so... We get the two baby faces now. We get Willie oh. Mack, who is the I put myself over Stone Cold-esque baby face yeah. with the I'm going to do the traditional long term baby face. I always do what's right, no matter if I win or lose. Baby face, the son of havoc is he's a
1: sympathetic baby face.
0: Yeah, even though he's a a masked, bearded biker, he's the sympathetic baby face, which is so strange. Such mm. an opposite world that lucha lives in. Um, We've
2: never actually seen fully riding a uh, motorcycle.
1: No, he was. Was he on the sidecar? I think. No, wait. no he, uh, evil leafs, he leaf like, on the sidecar, uh, car,
2: Right? No. Which, right, and then he jumps back, but you never do the magic of editing. You don't actually see them riding the bike.
1: I've seen, him, I've seen him on a motorcycle in the parking lot. I'll
0: have to go back and watch those segments at the beginning of season two because I barely remember them at
1: this point. He gets on the back of her bike. Or rides in her sidecar.
2: Yeah, but they, uh, but they, oh, what they do is they just have the sound effect of them, like, pulling up, but then the camera cuts to them just getting off. Just getting off, yeah. That's mm-hmm. funny.
1: I've seen him ride a motorcycle in the parking lot, though. I know it's happened before.
0: And I know that there's some motor- more motorcycle stuff coming up in season three. I have no idea who it is, but they have, uh, there was definitely some motorcycle filming going on for season three. And I don't I honestly have no clue who it was. I know they did it a couple times over at the temple. What? It was? Byron's. I'm sorry, Byron just gave me some inside information. I can't tell you on the <laughs> You show. just said it! No, I didn't say that. I just said what?
1: Did I say it? You heard it here first. Puma resigns with WWE. <laughs> Go to my like all my pictures on Instagram to unlock <laughs> details of the contract. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Hashtag spoilers.
0: Hashtag all the spoilers. You hear them here first. Um, So, Max and a Havoc, two babyfaces, Falls Count Anywhere again. But the funny thing about this Falls Count
1: Anywhere is they worked it pretty much like a regular match that wasn't Falls Count Anywhere. It kind of felt... I I was a little exhausted by the time this match came around. Well, I bet they were too.
0: And I think that's kind of what they were going for here. I think it was intentionally written that way of... You know, you don't want to match between two babyfaces to go too long. I mean, you heard how conflicted the audience was. It was Son of Havoc, Willie Mac the whole friggin' time. Like, yeah. nobody wants to cheer against either of these guys. And you don't want to match at this level that's not for a belt to go too long with two babyfaces and just exhaust your crowd. Because then people stop caring. You got two guys that you want to win. One of them going to lose. You can't go too far with it, in my opinion. I feel like that's why they booked it this way. Um, Mm -hmm. they wanted both guys to have their moment of getting over. And then, you know, one of them gets led to the slaughter, which is, of course, the black guy dies first. (sighs) (laughs) Jimmy, that's not cool. What? You want to be safe from the, from the racism that is inherent in all televised sporting events? I'm just
1: saying you don't do it to their faces. Oh, okay.
0: We'll we'll do it in secret next time. No,
1: come on. No, uh. I thought no, I thought it was great, but I really loved the moment when Havoc ran into the crowd, all happy, and everyone else around him was happy. I thought that was great. Was that on your side of the
0: uh, bleachers? No. no, that was on, uh,
1: that, on Shane, the on Ashley side. That was on the hillside. Gotcha. I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe he, they remembered when we were cheering the Disciples of Death at Ultima Lucha <laughs> 1 and Son of Havoc guy in the crowd was getting super sad. I think he cried.
0: Wait, if J-Man is one of the last real heels, how come he's so much nicer than you and fucking Casey? I think you guys are the last fucking I'm not, heels. I'm
1: not a bad guy. You're right. No,
2: maybe, maybe Casey and uh, Byron are the second-to-last
0: real heels. <laughs> uh yeah, you're all going to be extinct eventually. It's all about baby faces these days, man. I was man.
1: cheering for. I was. I. I cheered for. I was happy for him. I'm saying all nice things. You are. You're actually amazingly saying nice
0: things. I can yes. tell you're not thinking nice things, but you're saying nice things. No,
1: it just really bugged me about how his opponents would have to roll all the way across the ring. <laughs> it really did, but I thought uh, it is a really sweet shooting star press. And it's gonna move. the only time that you saw that you saw in the match his opponent actually scoot into position was when Dr. Wagner Jr., spoiler alert, uh, was doing it, and then <laughs> he Byron moves out of go the go way. Byron loves to go to the
0: next segment before we get there.
1: I'm just saying, that's the only time we saw it, but then he got up, so it jumping made ahead. sense. What were you saying, Jim? He just keeps,
0: Byron just keeps jumping ahead. Which is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that people have seen the show after listening to this, so it's like they, they pretty much already know. But
1: It's also weird. We're, we're only an hour into a three-hour episode.
0: Oh, it's not going to be three hours, because believe me, I'm so pissed off about what's going on in the UFC right now that it's only going to take me three seconds of saying fuck this and it's fuck gonna, that to get through.
1: I think they should just have Brock do... He should have been... He should have filled in. Brock just done two matches. Brock
0: just should just do push ups. She should just go out to the center of the ring and do push ups. In
1: the second match, Heyman would be ringside with a mic and just talking shit Why the whole not? Time. Hey,
0: have a Roman Reigns running at fucking UFC 200 at this point. I don't give a fuck. I'm pissed. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the word I'm getting right now just everything leads me to believe that I should just stay pissed.
1: How awesome was Famous B finally getting a call?: By the way, so far, huge relief.
0: All right, well, let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about who was not awesome. Who was not awesome was Lotus. Boy, does she look fucking grumpy that she got put on, on briefcase detail tonight. She did not <laughs> like being Dario's ballet. She did not look happy for one second. She's got a match coming up at Ultima Lucha, and she's, like, somehow on bitch status carrying the fucking briefcases. She looked yeah. super fucking pissed. She has to fight a, d- a dragon. Your your cat, I think,
1: just made your bed. All right, I have to go. I have to go check my room because there's been a commotion. You check
0: your room. Me and Jimmy will discuss this because we don't need you anyway. By so,
1: the way, I, by the way, I think that's just her face. What is the the grumpiness?
0: That's just her face. She has resting bitch face. I think so.
1: She's the baddest resting bitch face in the building. I think she's a very beautiful. I think the Lotus is a very beautiful woman of respectable talents and charm. And I think that's just how her face looks
0: You're mean So, this this whole thing I thought was interesting because You know, we all know Dario, we know he's gonna swerve Like, that's what you're Expecting the second he comes out You know it's a unique opportunity And <clears throat> I gotta talk about The most ultimate babyface moment Because god damn it Just take the money like,
2: When I saw you tweet that out I was like, oh you're right such a baby
0: face right now. That was the moment. That was the moment where it was like, okay, from now until the end of time, Son of Havoc will be ultimate baby face status because he did the most cliche baby face thing. And I think even DJ was tweeting about it like, that's what a baby face does. <laughs> like, it was written that way on purpose. It was funny, but it's like, dude, take $250,000, even Vampiro's like, I'd take the fucking money, Matt. <laughs> Who, who wasn't
2: to yeah, take but, a quarter of yeah, a million dollars. Wait,
1: what did Vampiro really say? He was going to
2: take the contract despite logic. We all knew he was going to take that contract.
1: No, what did Vampiro said he was he was going to take the money and black Lotus and run.
0: Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Smart man. Well, not yeah. with but not with resting bitch face.
1: Nah, well, Vampiro? Yeah, He that. might have a type.
0: Here, I give you this back. Oh. Um Yeah, I I just think like uh, it's it's a quarter of a million dollars, man. That can buy like a half of a condo in Los Angeles.
1: He might be able to buy a real mask. Oh, I what?
0: like the 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 that look that mask.
1: No, I like it too. I mean,
0: I, I wouldn't like, buy it's one. Very,
2: it's very, the mask is very beard friendly, I think.
0: It is.
1: He should put his logo on the back of his head. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, he he has a cool mask. No, but that's the thing. He's he's the. Uh, what is it like the tragic baby face
0: right i mean yeah it's like you, your do-gooderness is going to be your ultimate downfall because of course as soon as he says i want the title shot at ultima lucha trace dario was like ha, ha 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 first of all i have to i have to put it in context everyone popped when that was said because um it wasn't even announced yet if there was going to be a season three of Lucha Underground when Dario came to the ring and said that. So I heard about it and that was just like, oh my God, that's
1: amazing. He's talking about contracts for Ultima Lucha Trace. You think they saved the announcement to save the pop for Havoc? I don't know. But I know that
0: a lot of people popped in, in-house in because of that. Because that was the first yeah. mention officially of any kind that there was actually going to be a season three of lucha underground it was right there in that moment when dario said ultima lucha trace so it kind of got this whole segment over um the other thing i'm going to put into context about this is we've been waiting on limo cigar guy the whole season and there was a lot of speculation going around that this debut of of dr wagner that a lot of people knew was going to happen was going to be the limo guy
1: because as unknown as he might be to a lot of non-Lucha-friendly American fans, he has that pedigree, if not more, in Mexico, in Lucha Libre.
0: Yeah, I'll put it to you this way. Like, I don't know if I had facial hair the first time I saw Dr. Wagner wrestle. Like, he's been around forever. And you could hear it in Vampiro's commentary. Like, he couldn't even get into the history of, of, of Dr. Wagner Jr. It was just like, all you guys need to know is underneath that mask, He's really fucking old, <laughs> and he's been around forever, and he's still really good. Like, he, he can still do his spots. He he doesn't fuck up. He's a solid,
1: solid, solid worker. And he worker. pops for his finish,
3: Yeah, oddly
1: he, enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's he's good. He's a solid worker. There's a reason why he is who he is. He could have been a solid um, character as the cigar guy. But that being said... A lot of us who were there for this kind of this Dr. Wagner thing in this segment were like, God, will that really make sense if he's the cigar guy and that's the segment and he's coming out with Famous B? I don't know if that will make sense. And a lot of people speculated that he was limo guy. And maybe there's still some backstage twist where he is limo guy. I don't see it. I don't think it works. I'm glad it's not him right now. He I is. don't want it to be him. Yeah. I was definitely afraid that it was going to be him. And I was going to be really upset with the writing Where's staff. The Go for it.
2: If he was limo guy, do you think you would need Famous B to make him rich and famous?
0: That's why it doesn't make sense. That's why sense. it didn't make sense. And a lot of people were saying that even though it didn't make sense, that was still the case. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense.
1: I want to shout out the Lucha Block who had uh, my favorite tweet of the day. He tweeted something like, uh, I want to hear Dr. Wagner Jr.'s phone call to... To, to famous B, to famous B. <laughs> he yeah. called four two three. He was like,
0: "I will make you famous," and Dr. Wagner was like, "Bien, bien, 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 bien," <laughs> and then he poses on the phone, and then he poses on the phone. That's it. <laughs> B was like I guess that's a yes. So Brenda, we got one. Show up at Ultima Lucha Dose and we'll take care of
1: it. I am very happy for Famous. Um he's been working really hard. Brenda Wait, wait, out... wait,
0: wait. Why are you happy for Famous? His last client was amazing. His last client was a true superstar he, of the industry. Who could... who could top Masquerita Sagrada that is above four feet tall?
1: Well, I think it goes without saying that Dr. Wagner Jr., thank you. For this is a much bigger star than oh no. <laughs> what a softball oh, what else was i supposed to say oh geez. did you want that one jimmy what was that? did Did you want that one
2: no i mean the pun was intended and you took it so yeah it's all good
0: is it good i don't know if it is
2: <laughs> but i'm gonna say it's good i'm right. gonna say it's good <laughs> It was
1: awesome, because he, Famous found someone who is giving him success now, but this guy is also kind of a dick, so that fits in with Famous. Well, look, he
0: came in, he got a win right off the bat, derailed fucking Son of Havoc. Yeah. $250,000 goes to Famous B, because Famous B was like, I'm rich.
1: Well, we don't know exactly how the money got divided up. I saw Brenda uh, throw a wad of, of cash somewhere.
0: Yes. I
1: will say this: the new nurse outfit thing for Brenda. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I w- it might be interesting if he picks up new clients and then she gets new outfits.
0: I think that might be where the gimmick is going, Byron.
1: I see potential in that.
0: <laughs> there, there is. I'm not going to lie. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm only half a pervert, but there's definitely a shot where she's bending over ringside, where they kept it in. They could have obviously used a different angle. I think they wanted to showcase the new outfit very intentionally. And uh, I'm sure that the older male demographic uh, popped for that spot just fine.
1: Jimmy?
2: Figuratively and literally, probably. Yes.
1: Oh. Both on. of you guys. Both of you two. Now we're going to get an explicit tag. Oh, we already have
0: one, so we're all good.
1: Oh. Didn't you. didn't have one
0: already. Yeah, we definitely we definitely have an explicit tag, especially about what I'm going to say about fucking UFC today. Yeah, I'm going to use lots of expletives. I'm saving up my expletives for my UFC talk today.
1: Before we move on, what is happening next? We have one more week that we have the two hour special, right? Yeah. So yeah, Lucha- one
2: more one hour, and then two
1: hours. What's happening on the next? one? What are we watching next week? I don't know. Are they doing Gift of the Gods? I I feel like that was a teaser.
0: Well, they, they did another mid-show rundown. Like, uh, both the last two weeks, Stryker's rundowns of what we're going to get on Ultima Lucha Dose have been fucking amazing. Like, they could just run those on L Ray Network as standalone commercials, because they're fucking awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I remember um, when he was doing a rundown before, We're like, he, he just fully puts all his energy into it and so when he's done he kind of just throws his arms in the air and just is like he just exhales so much because he's just like I'm done that's but it he like, really puts
0: all into it you can't sell any more than striker sells on those promos and I do love the fact we talked about on our show last week Jim that um, they're they're not talking about the unnamed wrestler
1: that's coming to the ring yeah which is awesome because it's uh, it's Panther, right? It's uh <laughs> according to Urban on the last real heels. I think he calls it like Captain Overbite or something. Captain Overbite. He doesn't like people to, or like the Overbite Panther or something.
0: <laughs> Urban calls him Overbite Panther. He's
1: Overbite he's cancer. he's just oh, he's very stuck on like the dentistry behind this character.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see someone else from the dra- from the Jaguar tribe show up. I wonder if Puma
1: will show up and help him out.
0: I don't know. Or maybe maybe there's some animosity within the
1: Jaguar tribe. What if they have what if they have the same backstage vignette and it's nothing but growls?
3: Oh
2: man, thunder Chats, huh.
1: <laughs> that's
0: exactly that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a snarf snarf all around. That's
1: that's that's the whole next hour. <laughs> and then there's matches the week after that.
0: Oh, God. If Dario dresses up as Snarf, I will watch Lucha Underground forever. That's all I'm well, saying.
2: Well, he, he has dressed as Vision before. In the event, so.
0: I love it. I love it all. Um, well, that's it. That was a good episode of uh, Lucha Underground. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that that's probably going to be the worst of the four hours of Ultima Lucha dose and it was pretty damn good. I really, really loved the first match and that alone uh, will get at least a nine for for me uh, about this episode. What do you think, Byron?
1: Nine, ten out of out of what? Out of ten. Out of 10, though we've given a bunch of episodes elevens. So I know <laughs> this was this was a great episode. This was at the Ultima Lucha tournament episode. I thought it was great. Um, it's I mean, it was really good. I'm saving my enthusiasm for when Pentagon Junior destroys Matanza and l- literally lights him on fire in the middle of the ring, and Dario cries.
0: I don't know that that's going to happen.
1: Well, that's what I'm expecting to happen. Okay. And I'm waiting to really give it ten. You and Casey for being that.
0: huge Pentagon marks, I I am looking forward to your enjoyment of them bringing Pentagon into the title picture. I love (laughs) everything about uh, Pentagon being involved in Ultima Lucha Dose. I think he is a top star in the company. He should be at the top of the card. He should be in title matches any week that they can make make sense in the storyline. I think that he is the most over character in Lucha Underground and obviously should be at the top of the card. You'll be able to tell.
1: When he walks out and you listen to him. And Casey I, said
0: he's going to make signs for uh, for, for that in, in a couple weeks.
1: Casey said he used up a lot of red markers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It's funny,
0: because we're talking about this. Casey's already been there, people. It's impossible. I'm no good at this K-Fape thing. I'm no good at not spoilering anything. The simple fact of the matter is Casey went to Ultima Lucha with hella hella pentagon signs that everybody popped for
1: well we made a multiple lucha one we made our own signs and then i was flying in my ultimate lucha story i flew in too yeah yeah.
0: we we all came in for it
1: like i yeah i left my workout the house i was working at i was filming at in florida on friday drove straight to the airport flew in went to the temple watched the tapings and then I went from the temple to the airport yeah, and then from f- the airport. We
0: hauled ass to the airport, yeah. got Byron out of Dodge right after the event, all sweaty, smelling like temple.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> it was great. And then I went to the, I flew to Florida and then I drove from the airport to work again. And I wore um, my Pentagon shirt at work the next day. <laughs>
0: totally worth it. Cannot wait to see it on television and as long as you don't do the fucking
1: seal clap again. I don't remember a seal clap at all. I'm not a fan of his all right. music. Here's what we
0: gotta talk about, guys. I gotta, I gotta ask your feelings on the final deletion. <laughs> you laugh. Why do you laugh, Byron? Is it funny to you? Is there something funny about the final
1: deletion? I right, here, here's my thing. I love silly, absurd things, and I don't actually have to watch TNA because I don't. So when I see the broken mat stuff happening. I see him on Twitter just talking mad shit. I see a couple of vignettes and I go, "This is the greatest thing of all time. This is Matt Hardy. Like he doesn't have to do anything else in his life." And now he's he looks like this. He's talking like this. And it's just I think it's it's great and it's amazing. And like and I also see like Jeff Hardy, who's the bigger star, also like he has a past of Uh, uh, of drug use and and, and mental instability. And I could see it's just weird seeing Jeff Hardy as like the sane one. (laughs) And also I kind of feel like Jeff doesn't know what's going on. And, and th- these aren't traditional wrestling segments or matches. Like, I think I, Jeff just showed up and was like, Matt, what did you want me to do today, Matt's man? Like, I thought this was Saturday. I didn't thought we weren't working this weekend. What am I doing? Matt's like, <laughs> walk walk in the room and stand still. I'm going to say something. And then he goes, Brother Nero, I knew you'd come. And Jeff's like, wait, what? And he's like, we'll cut before he says that part. Hmm. Like, I don't think Jeff probably knew what any of this stuff was.
0: I'm pretty sure Until, he still doesn't, even after watching it.
1: You think he watches the show?
0: Okay, so here's the question for you, Jim. Is this so bad that it's good, or is this so bad that it's still just fucking bad? Because obviously it's bad. The question is, <laughs> is it is it bad enough to be good? Has this got a cult status to it?
2: I mean, the best way I could put it is that the whole thing is right up there on Sharknado level where it's just so incredibly bad that I'm not even gonna say it's good it's just incredibly entertaining.
1: Yeah. Like what a the the fucking Gardner <laughs> the gardeners is genius. so over Benjamin. He singer Benjamin prepare the field for a massacre. You know, it's amazing.
0: Okay, so here's what I'm going to say about it. Here's what I'm going to say. I kind of compared it to, to Human Centipede 2, but I feel like that's inaccurate because there was actually some artisticness to the weird, fucked-up thing that Human Centipede 2 was. My biggest problem with the final deletion wasn't what Matt wrote. Like, I love that Matt is just like, I'm thinking outside the box. A lot of people compared it to a Lucha Underground thing. I don't see that comparison at all, personally. Like... I don't, And I don't think that that was what Matt's influence was, even though a lot of people said that. I think that Matt's just used to these weird things and they've been doing this willow angle and all this other stuff. Like, I think he's already just in a world where he's like, let's just try some completely random, non sequitur, stoner, adult swim, crazy shit, period. I think that's honestly where he got it. Now, maybe stylistically, some of the people involved were like, let's try to do something like Lucha. But my biggest problem with this segment was... I thought the camera work was fucking whack. It was really bad. Like even yeah. even B movie level uh, wasn't this. Like Byron's made a B movie and the camera work is not this no, bad.
1: But B movies don't necessarily have bad camera work. They no, and, bad, and in
0: fact, the ones that get over have decent camera work and the, some
1: decent lighting too. Yeah, what I I mean, there was one segment that aired that got my attention about this that was just awful. And when I saw the expanded version, yeah. I liked it more because it had the the had more decent stuff that watered down the horrible stuff. But they had the worst shots. the The rack focusing the is the racks more, were so bad. There were bad, yeah. they're not They don't look like a rack focus. So and they look And for people like listening you, to the show that don't
0: know, Byron and I work in television. So this is the kind of stuff that really fucking gets our goat sometimes. Yeah. Um, Bad production is just bad production. and They
1: got a steady. Oh, I think, Jimmy, I think we were talking shit about the like, someone just got a steady cam for the first time and was <laughs> figuring it out and while wow, they were filming.
0: Well, but the other thing was like, how tall are these fucking cameramen? I do not need to see the bottom of Matt Hardy's chin for every well, single shot on him. It was just bad choices, bad camera angles, and, bro- and not steady.
1: Yeah. Broken Matt should be shot with a hero shot in yeah. every shot.
0: And a standard one.
2: That, not to mention that, not like during certain points of the actual match, I felt like there were cuts like every one point three seconds. I'm just like, you need to just focus on this for a little bit and then you could cut.
0: I agree. Yeah, they 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 overworked it because they thought they had something special, and this was filmed a while back, from what
1: I understand. So they had time to work on it. Well, they wanted to do something that. They wanted to do something weird and different that would would not be involved with uh, or wouldn't risk spoilers, right. which is why I think I think they're trying to do personally. I think they're trying to do Olucha Underground sort of story based match without the audience, because that way you can you're not shooting the match as it happens. You're shot listing and doing all the stunts in order of a match.
0: And I get that, but the the, the main difference and why I don't see the connection. And maybe they were trying to do that, but if they were, that is that is a true fail. Because what Lucha Underground does is they do stuff, they, they, they create a universe. They tell you for five minutes that Aerostar is a fucking time traveler, but then they leave it the fuck alone, you know? And then it kind of works into weird. a backstory, you know? Something happens where Sinestro rips the hearts out of his buddies. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's a little bit of a non sequitur. It's a different universe here. But then you see that he's powered up. Like he actually levels up by ripping his buddies' hearts out. And in a weird video game alternate comic book kind of universe thing, it makes sense because now as a singles competitor... He moves forward as a stronger character, even though it's complete absurdism. It's totally nutso. It's totally gonzo. It's not this thing where one week... Good Willow and Bad Willow and three other Willows are fighting each other in the ring, and all of a sudden, it's revealed that Bad okay. Willow is not Matt Hardy, and he's actually Good Willow. And you can't just play like, Matt
1: Hardy for the Willow oh, bullshit. Oh, good lord!
0: I, but That's I'm just Jeff. saying. But this is the gimmick that came yeah. out of that, and this is where this is where you get a brother trying to delete his other brother lord. because he's like It's oh. like both of our gimmicks have run so far that I have to pl- pretend to be like doing going full retard, and you have to pretend to be. 17 other people who I need to integrate into one person to delete. Jeff used to
1: do Willow. I get it. Like, but, I'm just saying. But I mean, when Matt Hardy is going, I think, on Facebook Live or one of those things and just making faces for two minutes, like that's <laughs> genius.
0: I don't disagree. Like, that's, I love Broken Matt. I love Broken Matt. That's better than
1: oh, most of what. TNA puts on TV. I love
0: Broken Matt, but I also don't care where I see Broken Matt, and I also don't need this particular format for Broken Matt just for me. Like yeah. if it's if it's Broken Matt wrestling uh, in FSW against Cross, I'm fine with that. Mm. If it's Broken Matt in TNA doing those just just do segments in the back where you are losing your fucking shit. Yeah, I would love that. But what we have here is. Dudes lighting Roman candles at each other. That was so next funny. Next to the dilapidated boat, throwing each other in the river. <laughs> Floodlights for lighting. Yeah. Drone I'm, I'm shots. He sure showed
2: the only time that Matt Hardy has broken character in the, this entire thing was when he realized that Jeff Hardy had the Roman candles and was about to shoot him. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> that was great. Oh, shit. <laughs> When it was he so broke, cr- He broke K-Fa-
1: for like two seconds. <laughs> it ran.
3: That, that, that was great.
0: That's what happens yeah. in the South when your brother has the Roman candles. Because that, that's just some real shit. Because you know yeah. how it's going to go down. He's going to blast you right in the eyeball and not give a fuck.
1: I lo- I just I love the whole thing because it was... To me, it was a presentation of how Matt was also seeing everything. But the, the production value was, I mean, I don't know I, what th- TNA can look, spend on that. It looked like been... it was a student film-like version of what they yeah, were trying to Lucha do.
0: Underground spend on it? They go to VER, they rent six or seven cameras, they they hire decent operators.
1: Yeah, but this could have been like with all 7Ds running around in a, in a drone.
0: Well, and some of it, look, and honestly, I felt
1: bad for Jeff.
0: Like, he's doing the spot out of the tree, and it cut like four times, and you can't even really see the spot. And then the spot looks like it misses to boot. And you're just like, "Oh, what yeah. the fuck was, it was that?" Missed, but they sold it like he landed it.
2: which yeah. didn't make much sense
1: to me. You think they could have like cheated that and had him not jump from a tree but still hit Matt on the ladder?
0: Well, and with good good
1: filming,
0: like we've seen stuff like that at Lucha Underground, and with good filming and the right pacing, yeah, it doesn't matter at all. You just cut it together. You've got. Five fucking camera angles. If you watch that tree spot again, five camera angles with the drone. Like, uh. ground cameras, a drone, a hard camera, and a fucking dr- Like, just how the fuck does that spot look that bad? Come on. It is still a wrestling show, guys. We still want to see spots that are cool. Like, yeah. even if you pre-tape in your backyard and do some redneck hillbilly shit, I could, Jeff Hardy is still a great performer for that one spot that he always does he never messes that spot up he messes it up a little bit you should be able to fucking cut it if you're
1: pre-taping well he's also jeff hardy you could just have him do it again
0: yeah give him some drugs he won't fucking notice he won't give a shit yeah just pump him up <laughs> you jeff if you if give you want you to go juice. jump I... off
1: the tree again oh awesome
0: yeah just give him some hoovie juice is what casey uh, would oh, say God. right now um anyway i just thought it was interesting what do you guys think about evie dub's comments like evie dub made one comment and then jesus christ like the internet was on fire for a couple seconds i was afraid to touch my phone
1: well i think he was a bit harsh with the pick with the gift that he did (laughs) Uh, and i i think he was a bit harsh i think it was still funny uh, if you're not going to take it personally, I think it was hilarious. I think it had to be said. I personally think that TNA. This was like the Would TNA. Did it have to be said? I think he had to. I think he had to make a Lucha Underground comment on TNA trying to put a movie esque production value behind a match. And I see. I don't. I mean, maybe he did, but I didn't even see
0: the correlation in the first place. Like. Do you think the comment like that brings more people to Lucha or do you think it makes the hardcore TNA people just dislike Lucha more? Cuz honestly in my opinion it's like if you like TNA, you should be on the side of Lucha Underground. You should want more stuff like Lucha Underground and less stuff like WWE if you're a TNA mark.
3: To me.
2: Well, I- the one thing I found hilarious was the fact that the people uh replying back to EV Doug was this they were saying, like, oh, well, TNA has a bigger audience than you, and they get higher ratings. It's like, do you even know the availability of Hellray Network as you're saying these comments? Like, none of that made sense to me. You well, know, you,
0: know, you, know, you know, know who knows?
1: He,
2: Borash. Jerry
0: Moore Borash definitely knows, and he kind of put EVW on blast, and yeah. that was kind of when dub started backtracking
1: a little bit. Borash had. He, <laughs> He was on that, was pretty sharp. That was all he had a funny did, thing there.
0: Yeah. I mean,
3: he's, he's definitely a sharp guy, so well, that's but the uh, only reply that.
0: but man, I gotta is, throw a shout out no. to Borash right now, anyway, because honestly, this podcast wouldn't even exist if it weren't for Borash and some of the stuff I heard him do on the internet 20 fucking years WCW ago. WCW Live, yeah. I was, I, I like WCW Live, and I'm not even a huge Borash fan, but I am a fan of some of the stuff that he's done. Yeah. But I do think Borash, I feel bad for him. It's like, dude. The universe you're living in. Sadly, you're a hardworking guy. I know you care about your performers and what's going on at your company, but at the same time, man, your shit is not over. Don't kid yourself. Yes, El Ray, he was right. El Ray needs to find itself onto a few more carriers. He hit El Ray below the belt. He he, he hit Luch Underground in in yeah. the in the right spot to get a good. reaction. He was totally right. And at the same time, so was EV Dub. Like hey, if you guys are trying to do this, like, cinematic thing, give me a call because uh, we can tell you yeah. a thing or two about how to make it look like a fucking
1: movie. But also, like, if you're going to brag about your network, make sure that your network hasn't tried to kick you off of it, you know? Which, True. <laughs> that's, like, every other week rumor for Pop, which also was every other week rumor for Destination America, which was the last not-a-real-network network they were on. Right. You know, it's... But you know props to jeremy and you know, borash and matt hardy for really trying to go out there and do something interesting they got a bunch of eyes on on tna which they need because now they need to remind everyone to watch them on thursday nights right and well, um, and,
0: and look and for and for evie dubs purposes i can say this Right now is the time to do something like that because of the fact that he knows he's got three weeks of his best television of the year coming up. Whereas these guys still got to figure out next week's episode for fucking TNA.
1: There's no such thing as bad publicity. And so if he goes in and he throws some heat on the top trend in wrestling, everyone's talking about broken mat final deletion. Like this is the thing. That you're gonna be talking about tomorrow. That tomorrow was when Ultima Lucha was happening.
0: And and honestly, you know, if you go on the on the Twitters now, in the wrestling world, not give me given that the, the Twitters are alive with some other stuff that I'm about to talk about, but in the wrestling world, yeah, Ultima Lucha's got it right now. Uh, the final deletion happened and now it's deleted and <laughs> everyone has moved yeah. on
1: pretty quickly. People, I think the sentiment among the people who liked it were was uh, this was cool. Uh, hope, People are going to see, dude. Yeah. The, but they are the like, is, I hope I don't more, have to see more of this. Like, yeah, it, TNA it's is a good more one-off.
0: disposable television right now than WWE even is. Nobody's going back to it. Nobody's referencing it two weeks later. Like, shit happens, and it's gone in a flash. I, I feel bad for some of those guys over there, but that's what it is. And I think Lucha Underground is going to actually turn a corner at some point where... It's going to be like Breaking Bad, and people are going to go back, and because of the season thing that they're doing, they're going to get on a Netflix or a Hulu or one of these other things at some point, point. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be looked at more like a TV show. People are going to go back and watch it, and that's going to be a different, a different feeling um, when it comes to Lucha Underground. It's going to have a longevity, similar to the way ECW came out of the tape trading days and... You know, and then when the DVDs started coming out, they were huge and everybody knew about that shit. So I think that, uh, I'm going to give TNA a half a win for coming up with something that got people talking about their product, um, and not because of the technical difficulties like what they had going on two or three weeks ago.
1: I will say um, that initial video, the contract signing video, the one that aired on TV was, yeah. like, so horrendous. It was bad. All right. We got to get Jimmy back on we there. We lost Jimmy. I just got his worst one. But I thought, like, that That's was right. that was horrendous and some of the worst thing, worst whatever's aired on TV. But then I saw a video where you had, like, EC3 and and Tyrus and those guys. Um just mimicking it almost shot by shot and then you have like eli drake <laughs> yeah they're exactly. trying to drag eli drake and he's like walking around trying to like escape them in the in the hotel like that is taking uh, something that oh, was good. um
0: move your phone back for a second
1: yeah am i buzzing and getting a buzz off your phone move that side yeah much better nice well, i think I'm still buzzing anyway but I think that they were doing something I mean it's, it's it's TNA, but I think some of their guys went and they're trying to get a, a rub off, they're showing their personalities and their and their uh, you know their creativity and they're trying to get a rub off of these two old wrestling stars doing their own crazy thing but it is TNA and they it there's just no goodwill with trying to invest in whatever they're doing
3: well
0: yeah i mean look they 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 have their moment they got a moment this week
1: yeah but they've nothing they've done in i don't know how long has shown that they have another moment coming up
0: they might i hope they do for their sake well yeah like i said i got some friends over there and i like a lot of the workers and like, that was my, that was the coolest thing about the, the, this whole final relation thing is like they had a moment. I hope they have some more moments because, um, they don't, what they don't have is an overall product. Yeah. I, I made the joke to, to some guys in, on a DM that we were talking back and forth that, um, The problem is, it's like they all Rochambeau to see who are the three people who have to care about the product from week to week and this week it was the two Hardys and Borash Mm -hmm. and next week it'll be EC3 and Lashley and Maria who knows, like it's somebody different every week they just Rochambeau to see who has to give a fuck about the product and everybody else is like, fuck this thing Is Lashley the champ? Uh, Yeah, Bennett dropped to, to Lashley
1: Yeah. I forgot that he was even there You forgot that, yeah and Mr. Pectacular won his match at, uh... Rob Terry? Rob who? Terry. Terry? Cloth? No, no, Rob Terry. Like, he was... <laughs> you know what I'm you. talking about, right, yes. Jimmy? But he, he's not
2: even with the company anymore, no. as far as I know.
1: Uh Um, anyway, <laughs> look. Enough
0: TNA. Um... I, there's nothing for me to say about WWE They're kind of in the status quo More people have more questions about what WWE's involvement is With 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 UFC today than fucking WWE load so promoted gonna leave... 200 Yeah, exactly So, um, I don't know if you want to stick around for this or not, Jimmy But I gotta talk some MMA and bust out some things Because some things about some things happened about some things today
2: yeah, um, I think I'm going to head out but you know what? it has been a crazy day for MMA news Yes. Um, I am glad to see that the, uh, the ladies are taking the main events of the show um, I don't I'm split as far as who I think is going to win uh, Lesnar and Hunt uh, I think it would be hilarious and it would probably piss off a lot of MMA fans if Randy Orton jumped in and then arcaded Lesnar out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> um, why not at uh, this point And, uh, like you, Justin, I'm not really into seeing, uh, Silva take on, uh, DC. I was, I was hoping for someone else. Uh, I just don't, you're right. It's going to be an exhibition.
0: It is. We're going to pay 60 bucks to see two guys spar. It sucks. I'm mad. And it was, especially the way they set it up. But what are you going to do? You know? So... All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for filling in for, for the case, man. Thank it was you. great to have you on the show. I'm glad we, we had a moment to get you in on such short notice because we didn't even know we were going to record tonight until Byron got off the plane. Um, but thank yeah, you we so much for sure stepping Yeah, we were sure my in.
1: plane was going to land safely. So when it didn't crash, we decided to record. And I know... So, m- uh, Go ahead. Thank
2: you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And... Yeah. Uh, Hope to be on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome
0: back anytime, brother. All
3: right. Take care,
0: guys. Take Bye. care. All right. So uh, for me to even start talking about UFC, and this is not going to be a long conversation, people. It doesn't need to be. There's a lot of shit that happened. We, I was chasing it down. I was making phone calls. I was talking to everybody I fucking knew today to find out what the fuck was going on. Because, um, you know, it was announced that Jon Jones popped hot. Now, was
1: that this morning?
0: That was last night. So it was late, too. It was like, what the shit is going on? John Jones pops hot, you know. Matt Sarah's going on his podcast, and like they just handed him a piece of paper that says John Jones is out. And like he's got to run with the whole podcast, and his guest canceled. I was listening to that, and I was like, damn, that's fucked up. I feel bad for Sarah. He just sounded grumpy this whole episode. And I was grumpy as fuck, too. Like, Something about the whole thing just pissed me off. It was like you guys fucking bump P- Connor from a press conference for for not showing up to a press conference. And then you prop us up with this John Jones DC thing like this is the real fight. These are real fighters. These are the guys who you really care about. And then this thing doesn't even go off. And I know it's not necessarily UFC's fault, but at the same time, when you have what's supposed to be the biggest fucking card of the year, and I'm feeling like, you know, for a wrestling fan it's WrestleMania or Ultima Lucha, you know, for for football fans, it's the fucking Super Bowl. Like, God damn it, this shit's supposed to mean something. And all of a sudden, you're hearing this news last night. Like, me and Jay, man, we did this fucking epic podcast, and we're talking about all the fucking John Jones, D.C. Cormier fucking heat. Like, what the fuck's going to go down, how Jones is probably still going to win, and this, that, and the other thing.
1: Then you get this fucking news,
0: and it's like, what the
1: Fuck. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, when they announced the match or the fight, how far removed were they from John Jones's last bit of trouble, with, like his DUI or whatever that was? Over a
0: year. I mean, oh, he, it was a year? Yeah, it was. All, yeah, he was suspended for a long time, and then, okay, you know, he had to come back, and then um, he had. Well, they announced the fight, but then Cormier fell off of it. And don't think Cormier is blameless in this whole thing because. I'm here to tell you right now, I'm as pissed at fucking DC as I am with John Jones. Now, because DC had a chance for this fucking fight at 197, and then he fell out because he was injured again, and that's his own fucking fault, people. It's not like somebody fucking hit him with a sledgehammer running down the street. These motherfuckers at his camp, him, Kane Velasquez, and uh, what's his fuck that just dropped his belt, too? I don't even want to mention his dumbass right now because I'm pissed at him too. These motherfuckers train too goddamn hard and they keep breaking themselves. Cormier, you had your fucking chance to fight John Jones. He did you a fucking favor and fought some other fucking guy, Saint Prue, who actually God bless that dude for trying to get out there and fuck with John Jones. And John Jones has had a smarter game plan. And John Jones didn't look great in that fight either. And DC was kicking himself afterwards like, oh, I was a little banged up, but damn, with as bad as John looked, I probably could have kicked his ass. Maybe you fucking could have. You should have fucking thought about that before you tried to throw around 248-pound fucking Cain Velasquez and fucking practice for four goddamn weeks like you did and hurt yourself again. Stop doing that dumb shit. Like, seriously, you guys are supposed to be a camp full of champions. You got... Three fucking champions who can't keep themselves fucking healthy for goddamn championship fights. Whatever. Anyway, so that's fucking the D.C. <laughs> part of it. And then you get this John Bonehead Jones shit going on where all of a sudden he pops hot. Now, nobody knew exactly what the extent of it was. And John Jones is going to go do this press conference this morning. He comes out the press conference and... He apologizes to Cormier. He's fairly humble. He looks really upset. He actually... Hey, Billy Fever. What do you want, Billy? Billy heard me getting fired up and she was like, I gotta get in on this. Then you got Jones leaving the press conference for a few minutes crying like a baby. Comes back, cries some more. Doesn't really say shit. Doesn't tell us about whatever drugs he took or whatever. Just kind of apologizes. His fucking manager tells us John Jones isn't a cheater. He didn't purposely do anything wrong and blah 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 and maybe that's the fucking case yet two and a half seconds later john jones says yeah i I am gonna leave town but yet his manager sitting there like saying no no we're fighting this and we're getting the b sample tested and we should know later today like if you should know later today and you think your boy is innocent and that something different (laughs) is going to happen from these tests why are you letting your boy say that he's leaving town like, clearly, he doesn't think that the B-sample is going to say shit different than what the other test said. And then it comes out that he didn't pop hot for one thing. He popped hot for two things. Two things. And the whole thing is a giant clusterfuck because it's not USADA that's going to impose any issues with him. It's the NASAC. It's the the Nevada State Athletic, the Athletic Commission. They don't like John Jones. They don't like really anybody. They like to fuck with people. I mean, you guys remember when it was free Nick Diaz time? Not Nate, not the one who's famous now, but the original famous Diaz. You remember free Free Nick Diaz who got popped on some fucking weed? <laughs> Even though he's got a fucking medical license to smoke the shit, it's still not allowed in competition. Whatever. And the other thing is, people were like, oh, well, Johns did did some coke or this, that, or the other thing. People, this test was June 16th. It was considered, uh, the testing that was done, even though NASAC has a slightly different interpretation of these things, the testing that was done by USADA was considered out-of-competition testing. And out-of-competition testing, they don't test for what are considered recreational drugs. They're really just testing for what is on the PED list. Now, the other thing that people don't know is that USADA has created a huge fucking list of PEDs. People, these are not things that are illegal for you to buy. We're not talking about drugs that that are illegal for you to buy. In fact, you can go buy TRT. Mm -hmm. TRT is just banned in the UFC because it's considered performance enhancing. It gives you an edge. But if you as a human being want to go out and take some of these things for yourself, most of them are not illegal. You might have to get a doctor's prescription for it, but they're not against the law. Cocaine is against the law. But we're not talking about that here, people. So this is some other thing. That was the first weird thing about it. It's like, this was not party fight John Jones. So when he says the stuff about being clean, quote unquote, as far as recreational party drugs, I think that he's probably telling the truth, at least up until this fight. Come on. I mean, the guy, I'm sure right after this fight would have probably gone out and done some dumb shit, but I don't think leading up to it. (laughs) And, you know, I've seen the guys at his camp. I know how Greg, you know, in, in... and Winkle John are about their guys. They're they're they don't watch John all the time, and John's a little more autonomous than some of these dudes. But at the same time, they're gonna not try to let John fuck up. He's got a driver now. He's not doing the same dumb shit. He was going to practices. He was making weight, you know. And Chael Sonnen's off talking shit
1: about. Oh, I know what a drug user oh, yeah. looks like, and blah blah blah. Motherfucker, what? He's like, take your shirt off. I'll tell you what you're on.
0: Yeah, come on, like, dude, I know some guys are on some shit, but at the same time. Supplements are some shit. Vitamins are some shit. You know, I don't believe that any dude who's a professional athlete that's on that caliber or that level is sitting at home just eating kale and salmon and getting jacked like they are. Fish oil. They're doing something. I mean, they're doing some kind of supplement, some vitamins. They're trying to find stuff that makes their body accelerate in healing and in muscle growth. I mean, that's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hurt yourself, but you do want a fucking edge over the other guy. You're looking for an edge the whole time. And you want that edge to be legal, but if you're not trying to get the advantage over another guy, I'm not saying you're trying to cheat, but if you're not trying to get the advantage over the other guy, you're a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. That's like saying an NFL team owner is not trying to get the best quarterback. Goddamn right, he's trying to get the best quarterback. He's trying to get the best lineman. He's trying to get the best of everything. Yeah, he wants to know what the other team's fucking plays are. Yeah, he wants to get the inside scoop on somebody. Of yeah, course you do. Yeah,
1: Belichick rules.
0: Yeah, whatever. Deflate the footballs. Fucking do what you got to do. I'm not saying that John Jones should cheat. I'm just saying, like, keep it in perspective here, people. He wasn't fucking doing rails in the parking lot as the guys from USADA came up with a fucking needle to test him for the fight. That's not what happened here. Yeah. So, first of all, for the people who are out there talking shit about John, know your goddamn facts. Because I'm mad at you guys, too. <laughs> Get off the fucking dude. He wasn't out doing rails. That's not what this fucking means. Learn what the fuck the sport is about before you open your goddamn big mouth on Twitter, Facebook, or wherever the fuck it is you think you know what the fuck you're talking about. Just shut your goddamn (laughs) pie holes out there, people. The simple fact of the matter is he was tested for PEDs because it was an out-of-competition test on June 16th. And what came back were two... Results that said that they were negative results b sample tests most likely will still come back with one of if not both of those if for some reason the b sample comes back with neither of those or some different shit john has a pretty good case and we'll get out of this whole thing but they're not giving him the fight back it doesn't work that way until everything is settled at this point Once there is a suspicion of something, the rule basically is we have to keep that guy out of competition because it's not fair to the opponent. However, Daniel Cormier himself says in this fucking UFC embedded video today, like, I don't know, is there a waiver I can sign and we can just do the fight anyway? Like Cormier looked like a fucking kicked dog. It was terrible. I mean, he's just like, dude, I'll still fight. This is horrible. And you know if I'm missing a couple million dollars out of my fucking paycheck, <laughs> I'm gonna say the same goddamn thing. Yeah. So all day there's this scramble. First, it's announced that Mark, uh, that Hunt and Lesnar are the headliners now. <laughs> but that's a three-round match. Those guys don't want to go up to five rounds. Both of them are like, uh, man, I trained for three. Like Brock is like, dude, I'm just coming back. Like, I'm not doing five. Hunt's probably like. Yeah, I'll do five. I'll do twenty-five. He's a fucking bad man.
1: Well, but, you think they would you think that's gonna be a decision?
0: What? The that fight is yeah. gonna go the distance? It could. It could, especially if Brock gets a takedown in there and, and Hunt's chin holds up and he can't pound him out.
3: Just, yeah, okay. it could go
0: the distance. Um yeah, especially if there's a second round takedown. Gas out Hart a little bit. It could definitely be a decision. And it would go the way of Lesnar, I think, if it went long. Anyway because they're not going to stand around and box, and Lesnar's not going to survive boxing with Mark Hunt. So, but anyway, so, you know, these guys don't want to go up to five rounds. And then there's the, okay, Jones is clearly out. That's a done deal. He's a fucking bonehead. We'll deal with that later. That can't get dealt with now. But the good news is DC wants to stay on the card. He doesn't want to give up this shit. He's got championship pay-per-view fucking points and a signed contract and some other guy fucked up And now he's losing his big payday and a chance to be on a history-making card. And you know, if you know anything about Daniel Cormier, he is 100% about his legacy. That's why he's a bit of a heel right now. That's why he's also kind of a good guy because that's really what he cares about. He wants to solidify himself as one of the greats. He's very old and he doesn't have a whole lot of time to do that. Missing an opportunity like this because some 28-year-old kid fucked up again is not cool to him. So this poor guy is breaking down. He's still trying to make weight all day long. He's still on on weight. And they're looking for an opponent. Gerard Musasi comes up. That's a great choice. He's he's ranked... I don't even know exactly where he's ranked. I think he's 8 or 9 or something. Mm -hmm. But whatever. He's ranked um, weight class lighter. But he's fought at light heavyweight before. He's actually got some championships at light heavyweight. He can fight 205. um, And he's already on the card. And he's got... A mediocre fight against Tiago Santos, who's like number 15 in that division or something. And I was surprised. And we even talked about it with J-Man. they like, he's on the fight past prelims. Like, Gergar Masasi is a fucking name. He's a baller-ass fighter, whether UFC likes the guy or not, whether he's got the personality or charisma or not. He would be a good choice to me. His name was kicked around a lot. And then Bisbing says, I don't know, two months, two weeks, two days. I don't give a fuck. Sure, I'd step up. He's there to do commentary and eat donuts. I mean, he's not training for a fight right now. He, he was on the weigh-ins this morning, and people were talking about him fighting. I'm like, this guy's here in a suit. Like, this guy's not
1: fucking fighting. Well, who's, who's training? It's three days out. It's such a specific type of opponent that you're looking for.
0: Well, exactly. And it's like, if you are in Vegas and you're not already on one of these three cards, you are definitely not training because you're there for the whole week. You're there for a reason you know, there's some other guys like Glover Tejera and some other light heavyweights that are in their gyms and not at UFC this week who are training. Another one of those that came up uh, Glover did come up, but, but he's a little too far out and I don't think he could make the weight. He's a pretty big dude. Alir Latifi came up. Uh, I don't know if Aalir could be on weight for this thing or not, but um, Alir came up as a possible uh, uh, replacement. That was a decent call too. I still like the Musasi thing better. It's like, Yeah, give DC a guy who can make the weight, who doesn't have to cut, who has fought at light heavyweight before. Like, Masasi just made a lot of sense to me. Then, Anderson comes up. I hear the Anderson rumor, I heard it today. It probably... Shit, the press conference was at 8.30. I think I first got wind of the Anderson rumor probably 9.15 this morning.
1: Yeah, you you started getting really cranky around then.
0: Okay, and, and when I first heard the Anderson rumor... It was dismissed almost outright by by some of the people I know. Um, like, he had gallbladder surgery seven weeks ago. Okay? This is a guy who just lost to Michael Bisping, who, you know, nobody, nobody thought... I mean, I picked Bisping, but nobody thought Bisbing was going to beat Anderson Silva. People, Nobody thought Bisping was going to beat Luke Rockhold and be the champion right now either. But he is. And... You know, Anderson is not exactly coming off of a bunch of wins right now to be in the title mix at 205. He's fought at 205 before, and he's had some impressive victories at 205. He's beat up some guys who are much bigger than him at 205. So, yes, Anderson was good in the fact that, like Gergaard, in the past, he had also been up at 205 and done some some considerable work there. But he's old, and he He just got out of a surgery.
1: Well, he has always been untouchable like Yeah, status
0: wise he's the goat in a lot of ways even even more so than John Jones
1: but then he threw a kick and his leg f- did a sid vicious it folded in oh, half God. in the wrong and then two I re- things
0: that I witnessed while they were happening live and not in the arenas but on paper yeah and both are horrifying to me still yeah. and they I haunt f- me
1: and do you you combine that with his that recovery with his lackadaisical sort of attitude like never been challenged anymore i'm
0: going to fight i'll fight anybody who the i don't
1: care he's like he's not a fat guy but i saw a picture of his face he looks like he's eating doritos and playing call of duty now
0: yeah that's and that's pretty much what exactly what he's doing and
1: he's earned it but now he's gonna is he gonna have the fight of his life so all day i'm hearing the rumors that they're that this
0: is happening that they're really like they've got Musasi as plan b like that was the first thing I heard coming out of Vegas. Like they got Musasi as plan B. And I'm like, really? Does that mean that fucking Anderson really is plan A? And nobody was really saying. And then I hear, yes, Anderson really is plan A. But there's a problem. Anderson doesn't want a five round fight because he just had a surgery. He's not ready for that. He'll take a three round fight. But UFC is like, well, if if it's not a five round fight, then it's not for a belt we can't you know like our, our headlining title fights are five rounds for a belt these days we don't we can't make an exception to that that's not fair to the rest of the division but Anderson is stuck on this three round thing like he can I guess he can make the weight or I don't know if they'll do a catch weight or whatever at, the, at this point it probably doesn't matter if Anderson walks in and he's 215 I'm pretty sure they're still gonna have a fucking fight and what does it matter so Then it does get announced like uh, TMZ, which if you're hearing stuff from TMZ because of their connection with Fox Sports now, it's pretty much coming directly from Dana's mouth. They're not spying on Dana with his relationship with Fox Sports like this is not inside breaking stuff, people. When you hear it from TMZ, A, it's most likely true unless they're really trying to swerve people and b it's probably directly from the desk of Dana White if it wasn't him it was his assistant or Joe Silva or Lorenzo or somebody like
1: yeah for all that tmc breaks as in like breaking news or like this is happening now and no yeah. one else has it they they are the PR, they're the place to go for publicity when you want people to know and react to something right away. Well,
0: especially now that they do TMZ Sports on Fox and they have, it's all a big family now. It's TMZ, it's UFC, it's Fox, whatever, which is fine. I almost think that they let TMZ break it instead of breaking it themselves as the UFC just to fuck with Ariel Hawani, who, by the way, over the last few days has gotten the hugest pops out of anyone Um, at the fucking press conferences. John Jones, uh, he actually stood up and, and posed a question to John Jones, and John Jones was super cool about it and, like, fed into it and, and, and gave Ariel his moment and was very respectful. Ariel also gave John some time with his one-hour walk-around thing. Um, and Brock no-sold Ariel the whole time, which was equally hilarious. <laughs> Brock was just like, what the fuck? Fuck you. Yeah, like, Ariel asked him how many rounds he's Spartan. and Brock's like, fucking 3,000. Fuck you. Like It's it's like, what are you talking about, guy? Uh, Clearly, I'm coming into this thing on short notice. I'm not as prepared as I should be, and I'm not going to talk to you about it. Fuck you. Like, what are you you doing here? We're trying to sell a fight. You don't think Brock is as prepared as he should be? Well, not to the point where he's going to talk to some snot-nosed reporter about how many rounds he's fucking done. Like, the whole thing at this point is, and and, Brock's a wrestler. He knows how to work a gimmick. The whole point is, at this point... The mystery is the fact that you don't know how prepared Brock is. What,
1: That's the whole gimmick. Didn't he you, you pointed out earlier he didn't he missed or he didn't do like a oh, pu- yeah, he didn't
0: do the public uh,
3: workout. workout. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I think Hunt did. And I don't know if he ever went back and did it because there was all sorts of other news going on. I was still kind of expecting that maybe Lesnar would show up and do a little something in front of the cameras or hit some mitts or something. Like
1: hit an F5 or whatever.
0: And look, traditionally, if guys don't show up for public workouts or decline it for some reason, it's usually because they're hiding an injury that they don't want people to see publicly or... They have some secret game plan that they're kind of need to work on or they like they need a real gym day. Some guys won't show up because it's like, yeah, I'd love to work out for the fucking press, but I need to actually get in a day or which is very common in UFC. Guys really don't want to do a public workout day because they actually need to cut weight. And it's like, what am I going to show up here in a fucking trash bag and bring a whole bunch of press on to us for how we have to cut weight. Like, I'm not going to show up in a fucking silver helium suit here cutting weight. Like, it's not yeah. it's not cool. You don't want to do that. So if you can't go and just perform, normally it's pretty accepted to, like, let guys out of it, you know, as long as a few people show up and do an hour or whatever. Um, and I've seen some other weird shit, too, like, you know, Holly Holm before the Ronda Rousey fight, she was taking, like, real body kicks from, like, amateurs and people who didn't know how to throw kicks in a public workout on the stage and I was like Jesus Christ don't do that Holly you're in a championship fucking fight like you don't need to be doing this like go out hit mitts for 10 minutes and walk away like let people get a photo op and that's it anyway so <laughs> god damn this fucking UFC shit today it just got me so irked so basically you know, I had heard pretty early on and I think I tweeted it out that fucking it was going to be Silva. It was just they were they were hung up on this rounds thing or something with the contract or whatever. And Silva's in town with his family. But sure enough, TMZ drops it. And then towards the end of the the pay-per-view tonight, they talk about or the UFC uh, fight pass card. They talk about it and it was cool. It was like, OK, Anderson's in, I guess. But the three round thing and it was announced that it was only three rounds and it's not for a title. So what the fuck is this?
1: I have I have a question. Yeah, we just we had we had Jimmy Five. We even gave him like a whole new name and like rebranded him. Yeah, he was on our podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just saw a tweet of his that says, "And I'm not just on Twitter because you're talking MMA. You know, I'm I'm like no, but he's doing on all sorts podcast. of things. And yeah, yeah, I knew that. Oh."
0: Well, look, dude, he's, dude's awesome, man. Everybody wants him. He's in high demand. And he did us a solid because Casey couldn't show up.
1: Yeah, I, I posted a tweet ex- sort of explaining where Casey went.
0: I don't know what the other uh, podcast was, though. Was it, Is, it, yeah, is I have, it a good one? I have,
1: I have no idea either what it is, but I'm sure. Um, it's
0: the one about uh, women's golf, right?
1: Women's golf. It's where I don't, I, I usually pause whenever uh, women are brought up because Casey usually has something, something really to say. Something
0: to say, yeah. I mean, something nice to say.
1: He has opinions and, and thoughts about he's things. He's kind
0: of opinionated, but that's why we love him. I mean, yeah. honestly, Casey is the truest form of heel in the fact that he's not trying to piss people off. He He just says things that will piss people off. Yes, he doesn't have to try. He's been yes. angry this week too. It's been kind of awesome. Like I wish you guys could like be on the the text messages that we have going with Casey um, and various other people because he has been in the rarest surliest of form, and it would have been great to have him on the podcast today. But he's got to deal with some personal shit, so which is totally understandable. It's like it, it's family and pet stuff. It's not like personal like end of the world. We should.
1: We should ask his parents to put a webcam in his room so people could just see Angry Casey. I mean, I
0: would, the the Angry Casey part of it would be fun to see. The like everything else that Casey does with this day, I don't think you want to see that. I think I'll pass on that. I just, I just, now mm. in Urban's barn, there's where I'd like a hidden camera.
1: Oh, uh, and
0: Urban, you guys, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Urban is going to turn himself into a YouTube star in like two and a half minutes. So, and I don't know the, the what the link is, but
1: Urban is doing some new things. Urban's trying to turn himself into a film director, and I'm not taking that as a personal attack at all. I don't know. He came on our show, and I think he's turned a corner
0: since then. All right, look, I'm going to get back to it because I'm still fired up. I can
1: feel it fucking
0: welling up inside of me. This fucking bullshit Anderson Silva DC fucking three-round non-title bullshit-ass Stupid, bullshit, bullshit.
1: It's like when Mike Tyson said he was going to eat Lennox Lewis's kids, and then after their fight, he was like, he's my friend. That was a good fight. Good win.
0: So, yeah, here, here basically, very, here's what we've story. got, guys. We are going to have Daniel Cormier versus Anderson Silva in a over-glorified main card sparring match. The one good thing is, because they got a DC match back on there, they have decided to promote the Misha Tate fight as the headliner which is a little weird, not because of Misha. I think more because of Amanda and she's not a very huge name, but I like this. I like this for the integrity of the sport um, that there will be as the last fight of the night, a five round title fight. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly how the rest of the cards lining up. If hunt Lesnar is still the co-main, I think it is. And the DC, uh, the DC Silva fight will actually be before Jose and Edgar. I don't know. But I mean, Josie and Edgar should have been the one to get promoted to the top, except that that belt's an interim belt right now and is not officially the belt. Um, Whatever. That's UFC 200. It's still an amazing card and it's still, I think it's lost a little bit of luster from this. I don't know if it's going to hurt pay-per-view buys or not, but I imagine that it it could, and that might keep this from being the biggest UFC card ever, but everyone's still going to make a lot, a lot of money. The Lesnar thing, especially is going to draw a lot of eyeballs. Now, That being said, there is one young man that decided today to tell everyone that this was not going to be the biggest fight card of all time. That is one Conor McGregor. (laughs) Yes, folks, the Conor McGregor show was back. It rolled into town, and the worst thing about it was the goddamn audio. Not for us at home, but apparently for Nate and Conor and Dana. Conor seemed to do all right with it. Dana had a little bit of trouble. Nate Diaz was pretty much like, fuck this, fucking straight in the fuckity fuck. Because he didn't want to give any, he already never gives long answers to begin with. It's a little bit hard to get Nate going at a press conference. And when you do, it's classic, but it's hard to get him going. But he's got this thing where the reverb or whatever was kicking back at him was so deafening that he didn't want to give long answers because he couldn't hear himself think when he was talking. Um, Connor still rolled with it and just blocked it all out. But Nate couldn't even hear Connor, so he wasn't getting fired up off of that. He was only getting fired up by fucking what reporters were saying. And if you know Nate Diaz, he could give two shits what a reporter thinks. So you basically had just a Conor McGregor press conference with Nate Diaz sitting there and getting in one or two little things here and there. Conor McGregor, uh, I got to give you some of the highlights because... As lame as a press conference it was, some of the shit that Connor said will still play <laughs> out there for a long time. He calls uh, UFC 202 the real 200. Put <laughs> Dana Sandin right there. And this is when you love Conor McGregor. It's like, damn, dude. It's like that. Um, and he points out, like, you know, he gets a question about, like, John Jones dropping out of the fight because this had already happened in the, by then. And at first he's very gracious And he's saying he doesn't want to capitalize on the misfortunes of others and he wishes them all the best and blah, blah, blah. But then he kind of starts digging at everyone and he says, you know, but when you look at it, neither of the two planned headliners for UFC 200 were at that stupid fucking press conference I was supposed to be at either. John Jones and Cormier hadn't been announced by then. Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt hadn't been announced by then. So he was basically like, what's the fucking deal with me getting kicked off of it? So what? I wasn't there either. Nobody who's headlining on this card was there. Anderson Silva certainly fucking wasn't there either. Like, nobody who's supposed to get people to buy this thing on pay-per-view was there. So why the fuck was Connor taken off of it? Because Connor is just look sitting there, looking fit and ready to go. Nate's looking fit and ready to go, and it's like, God damn it, this was supposed to be the fucking fight this weekend. Why are we waiting another month for this shit? God is stupid. Well, Connor, Connor messed it up. Well, look, and he admitted that he said. My communication wasn't right. What I should have done was I should have expressed what was going on. He basically admitted to the fact that, um, you know, the guy getting killed by his training partner really affected the whole team. That was why they went to Iceland. They called him to do the press stuff. And he was basically just like, fuck, can I just work out with my guys and clear our heads? Like, this is not the time for this shit. Like, I'm not in a good place for this right now. I'll do the shit later. Can I do it later? And they basically told him no. No. And then he, he he admits that the way he communicated after that, doing it publicly and in the media and basically with his fucking retirement bullshit tweets and him trolling um, was the wrong way to handle it. And he still is not backing off of his point, but he's basically saying he should have called Lorenzo and Dana and been like, fuck you to their faces and done it man to man. Or he should yeah. have shown up in Vegas and told them that they were big, giant fucking assholes. Fuck you. He's basically conceding the fact that he fucked up by not doing it man to man. But then he goes right into talking about how they fucked up for doing it at all and pulling him from the card and how they're idiots because he's the reason why their company is valued at $4.2 billion. He basically said, yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing that guys. You're basically telling me my value is $4.2 billion because I am your fucking company. And he's just pointing back to the John Jones thing. And that's, pretty much fucking classic connor right there it's (laughs) like i don't know if he's worth all 4.2 billion dollars of the company but he might be worth 3.6 of it
1: yeah he's definitely a character but he there has to be something inside of him that knows that he is by no means guaranteed a win in a rematch of something he lost
0: i don't know i i think he's guaranteed a win you but know? I'm sure that Casey and Vinny will have something to say about that yeah. on a future episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not the expert, but I I feel like there might be a little bit of him. Like he's a superstar and he sells tickets, but yeah. that tends to go down when you lose fights. <laughs> and well, but look, even even in this
0: press conference, Connor. Um, is saying, like, this is going to be a trilogy. I'm going to win this fight. And Nate is even conceding the fact that Connor's doing some things right. He brought in the right training partners. He's approaching things the right way for this fight now, which is cool. So it's just like, okay, so we all know that this one shouldn't be bullshit. You both got in a full camp. Um, this will be a real test of in the better man win. You guys know the weight class. You know the situation. You know what it felt like last time. There shouldn't be any fucking excuses from either side after this fucking fight. connor has got the right training partners in there. He said that the previous fight, he didn't even train against lefties. Like he trained against no one southpaw. Like he wasn't prepared. He thought, you know, he really thought that he was just going to go in there and clip Nate. He thought he was just going to clip him. He thought he was going to get him like he got Jose. And I could see how he would think that. And I could see how he would be wrong. And if he is a real athlete, if he is really what he says he is... Then you go in and you fix that stuff and you still come back just as confident that like, yeah, I made some mistakes. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing last time. I didn't realize this guy was the real deal. I know he's the real deal now. I trained for like the real deal just like I trained for the last guy who was a real deal, which was Jose Aldo and Chad Mendes before him or whoever. So it's not like Conor McGregor hasn't fought real fucking dudes. Dustin Poirier, for Christ's sakes. I mean, these guys are fucking, these dudes yeah. are real. Um, and Chad Mendes and, you know, whatever. Um, he's had some real fights. So people who think he's just propped up and bullshit and made by the company, I don't. I don't agree with that either. He did talk too much shit, got himself in over his head, and I expect that he'll he's going to catch some more losses in his career. Um. And and I like just the way he said it. He said, "This time I prepared for a long, lanky, lefty, ugly Mexican motherfucker right at Nate <laughs> Diaz." Just like. It's like, oh my God, if Nate could actually hear what Connor was saying in his press conference, there might have been a fucking fight right there. Like that one especially. I half expected when Connor said that for Nate to get up and run across the fucking dais and just kick him in the throat. Like just to be some street violence. And when they squared off, like Nate wasn't standing like they were going to fight in a ring. Nate was standing like we're going to fight in the fucking street. Like that's how you stand with your chin up and your dukes out. Like when you're about to throw down on the fucking alley. You know, but whatever. Um, Connor also said he was going to continue to dominate at 145. Some other business came up first, but he will continue to dominate at 145, and then went on to say at 155 as well, these are my divisions, he says. I've been saying for a long time that I don't ever see Connor going back down to 145, but I did start to believe it when he said it a little bit this time, and I think that I think that if he loses to Nate this second time, he absolutely will go and defend his title against the winner of Jose Edgar. However, if he beats Nate Diaz, I think that he will be presented with and already knows about some opportunities like maybe fighting GSP or... Any one of these, you know, maybe he gets the Dos Anjos fight now at 155, especially after tonight's fight, which was amazing, by the way. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I I still think that he's over posturing a little bit and it's more of a setup for a possible return to 145 as as opposed to the definite return to 145. Like he's making it sound like he wants these guys to not strip his belt. So he's got to say this stuff. Um, and he wants to keep that belt for long enough to get himself into a picture that makes better sense for him. You know, and maybe even if he gets this fight at 170 and beats Nate, maybe he even tries to fight Robbie or something crazy. I don't know. Connor's nuts, people. But what, what where he's not nuts is he's smart. He's smart in setting up fights for the future. Chael Sonnen has talked about this too. You should always have like the next two or three guys you want to fight in mind. One of those guys might be, especially if Jose Aldo wins, Jose Aldo wins, I think Conor will be more likely with a win over him to come back down to 145. I still do not think that Conor McGregor wants anything to fucking do with Frankie Edgar and shouldn't. It's a mistake. If he fights Frankie Edgar, I think Frankie is just kind of designed to beat Conor, take his belt, take away his legacy at 145. It'd be kind of sad. But that's why a lot of people want to see it. A lot of people are frankie edgar fans they want to see it if you're a conor mcgregor fan you never want to see that fight if you're a frankie edgar fan you want to see that fight it's just that simple and the conor mcgregor fans that say they want to see that fight you're wrong you're you're stupid your boy's gonna fuck up his whole legacy by doing it don't don't want that fight for him don't want frankie edgar for anybody he's a fucking beast um so anyway dana talked a little bit about the john jones situation and he was asked about it, and his reply was to steal Nate's line and say, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know if Dana's being cute. Whatever. If you want to talk shit about John now, you know, after all week talking about how John's turned a corner and how he's the company man again, fuck you, Dana. That's all I got to say about it. Like,
3: dude,
0: y- you don't have to play games. It doesn't matter. If you if you had some lack of faith in John, that's fine. You don't have to tell anybody. Like, don't, don't be coy about it. Just... Play your fucking company man line. He's one of your superstars. He got himself in hot water again. He fucked you. Whatever. you still not going to cut him and let him go to Bellator. You're going to keep him under fucking contract. So, like, if they cut him, that would be amazing. He would show up in Bellator tomorrow. They'd put him in England. They wouldn't care what he was juiced up on. He would fight fucking five times in the next two years if he got cut from the UFC and make more money. So, don't don't pretend like John Jones is some... You know problem for the UFC now Like he's always been a problem And he's a problem (laughs) you're going to fucking love Until you can squeeze him for every penny of money And what I said to Casey earlier was, I was like you know what This is just a problem for the next owners anyway Right (laughs) Like
1: I don't even know if if UFC
0: ends up having to deal
1: with this So, Well I thought when you guys were debating On who was going to win For some reason I, I I thought that you guys were debating On whether or not you were placing bets on whether or not John Jones was going to make the fight. Yeah. I mean, look, the only real winner is whoever
0: said, like, uh, whoever said that, that John Jones was going to beat John Jones, it deserves to get all the money in Vegas that was bet on this fight. I said that. The- I'll take it. Yeah,
1: you can have it. I think that you deserve it. Where, where's my money? Where, Vegas. Because
0: that's who won. DC didn't win. Like, Casey said that he won because DC. <laughs> was still still like DC didn't beat John Jones. John Jones beat John Jones. Again. Yeah. DC hasn't ever beat John Jones. Whatever. So, anyway, <laughs> um that's that's the Conor thing. I got to talk a little bit about the fights from tonight and I will leave it at that. This will be the last thing I talk about because um, I'm just going to start at the top of the fucking card. Uh man and I were talking about how much we dislike dos anjos as a champion like sure he's an okay guy or whatever but um we just didn't really give an f about dos anjos it's like it's not even his fault it just is what it is but not not the guy that we really cared much about um and i really i said this before the fight i thought that eddie alvarez had the mentality to win and i really think that that's what happened Uh, Eddie Alvarez went in there and and had a phenomenal, phenomenal victory. Congratulations to him. Thank you so much for being the underdog and and coming in way, way under and me having a little something on you. Appreciate it, brother. I owe you one. (laughs) I'll buy you a beer if I ever see you anywhere, Eddie. Thank you so much for beating Rafael dos Anjos. You are the new light. Heavyweight, or no lightweight champion of the UFC, which is amazing. Uh, and God bless you because contenders one through fourteen are some of the meanest motherfuckers on the planet. I mean, you're looking at like Tony Ferguson, Khabib, and Megan Medoff. Uh, Dos Anjos is still in there. Anthony Pettis, Cowboy Cerrone, like I. Uh, and uh, the good news is, I'm a Cowboy Cerrone fan. Cowboy's got a win over Eddie. So that gets him back in the mix immediately where I didn't think he was going to be in the title mix after how he lost to Rafael dos Angeles, but he's one of the UFC fighters that actually has a win over the current champion now. So uh, kudos to Cowboy for that too. Cowboy just hit the fucking lottery. Great fight. Roy Nelson, Derek Lewis. Holy shit. I was not wrong in my prediction about that fight either. um, Other than the winner. I got the winner wrong. I said Nelson was going to win. But I also said that this was going to be two guys taking batting practice at each other, which is basically what it was. I mean, you got everything in this fight. You got the big heavyweight takedowns. You got the ground and pound. You got the fucking the stand-up war. These guys were just, like, the shit they did to each other was holy fuck. Um, It was right on par with the the Hunt-Bigfoot fight to me for heavyweights. These guys did battle, um, and, you know, Lewis pulled it out, so... Kudos to him. Um, let's see here. And and his after promo was pretty awesome, too. Um, I, I was just really... Um, I was really surprised by how many finishes there were in this card, too. A lot of people weren't expecting this many finishes. So... Um, I got to go back here. I want to look at uh, one of the early fights. Um, I just, I, I was really surprised. Um, oh, one second here. Um, that every fight that was happening was like, I thought for sure some of these prelim fights especially would be more uh decisions like a lot of times these early you know especially the 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 what would be on fox even though there was no prelims like that this time um i i had joe Ban picked i thought that fight was great joe duffy jesus christ how, how fast can you fucking knock a guy out <laughs> that was amazing mine i had picked and and nobody else did um which i thought was great I thought Luke the very first fight of the night, was great. I thought Doan had a good fight and just didn't pull it out. Um, it was a good card. It was a really good way to start off this week. If you don't have fight pass and you missed it, um, especially for the two headliners and, and the Duffy fight too, I thought was a big deal. Because that's a guy who's got a win over Connor that, that could be a, a player down the line. This definitely, you know, his opponent was whatever. But this definitely submitted him as a guy that could be exciting and interesting to watch and do some big flashy things. Um, just a good card, good, solid card. And I was really, really happy about the Eddie Alvarez win. Um, it's a great start. So we're going to post this podcast. It'll be up as soon as I can get it up, probably late in the middle of the night tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. You know, you're hearing a lot of talk about Thursday. We're leading into Friday tonight. We got the ultimate fighter championships. Uh, which the, that card has finally been announced. I'm going to take a good look at that. Go back and watch a couple of episodes of Ultimate Fighter that I missed because it comes out against Lucha Underground, so I don't watch that shit every week. <laughs> um, and but it looks good. It looks really good. And I am here to tell you that Joanna Jancic and who whose name on every single UFC commercial is pronounced differently right now <laughs> between the Ultimate Fighter and then the promos for the show and then whatever like. I don't know why they say it differently every time. I was pr- I'm was i pretty sure it's Chick but I've heard Jinjajic, Chick like all these fucked up derivations. Like Joanna Champion's fighting, Claudia Gadelha, And I expect Joanna to win, but I expect it to be fucking brutal. These women so, so do not like each other. I've never seen two women who don't like each other more. Um, and the UFC 200 card, you heard, it. it's been rearranged. You still got Travis Brown, Cain Velasquez on there, but now you got DC... Um, fighting the Spider. Uh, you've got still Amanda Nunes, Misha Tate, which uh, I still think Misha's going to win, but Nunes is, 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 looks pretty fierce. And there's some rumors that, you know, women issues are kind of why she lost uh, to, like, Kat Zingano in the past and whatnot. So Didn't Casey uh, have something to
1: say about that?
0: I don't know, but uh, which it's a weird thing because you don't really think about that in the female fighting division, but you know, like y- your timing and your cycling might not work out so good with when you have to fight, and uh, that might cause all sorts of weird issues. And I never really thought about it, but, I mean, it's got to make weight cutting a nightmare, and, you know, you've got a natural thing that's that's basically against you in the process of of what the guys have to do. So who knows? Maybe that was an issue in the past. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I'm not her gynecologist. Don't want to be. But... <laughs> Um, we'll see if she can pull out something, you know, because you know, you got Kat Zagano fighting on the undercard, and she's got wins over both the people that are fighting for the belt. So we'll see if she can get past Pena in her fight, but regardless of who wins, she might be next in line. We'll see. Um, really excited about it. So much stuff. And and next week, Ultima Lucha Dos Part, part two. Dos.
1: Uh, Ultima Lucha Dos Dos. Dos Dos? Dust, dust, dust. What do you want
0: Your cat is Hi.
1: Staring you down Something fierce
0: Billy what's I wrong I haven't Billy? seen
1: her For a week She yelled at okay? me She <laughs> probably <laughs> Call my Oh Barrel roll are you gonna stay in town for a while are you you' oh you're going back to to the the vanilla ice thingy right I'm gonna be here for a month and I'm gonna go back to Florida to make another season of the vanilla ice project Well hope you're watching Saturdays at like 10 p.m there's uh, your free plug next uh, weekend next Saturday is uh, we're doing uh, two episodes 10 and 10:30 on DIY. 1030 is our season finale.
0: And don't think you're getting out of doing this show. I'm still going to call you wherever you are and make you fucking do it. I'm going to drag your ass out of the fucking yeah. room, and be like, tell Rob you have to go and do your fucking podcast and you're going to go to your fucking hotel room or wherever you live and you're going to call in yeah. and phone it um, in because you phone it in half the time anyway.
1: I'm going to be um, in Melbourne, Florida. If Melbourne. anyone knows. If there's what? <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne not Australia not Australia no so if anyone knows what there is to do there is it anywhere
0: near Cocoa Beach
1: I don't know what I don't know what Cocoa Beach is but there'll be beaches and I think that's going to be it for for six to seven months
0: well baddest beach in the building
1: so I'm gonna hopefully be on a plane back in town on weekends
0: well, the good news is Luch Underground's not going to be taping again for a million trillion years because they've got thirty-six episodes in the can or something. They got enough episodes to get to like one oh six.
1: Oh, if they don't start up until January, then I can maybe. Well, I'll be home. I'll, I'll be home probably in March.
0: That's what the rumor is. I, I don't know how true it is, and there's been no real announcements. But you know, I think Chris Roach is off working on Big Brother, and uh, yeah. DJ's off on a fucking beach. Uh, I used
1: to work at Big Brother and uh was a fun show
0: hey i'm watching cm if you're listening to this i'm watching bb man i don't live tweet a lot of times because a lot of times i watch them later but um i used to live tweet bb all the time but i am watching every episode of bb i love that show
1: i have my lightsaber that i won at the rap party when uh howie was on the show and he thought he was jedi howie (laughs) and they would run around the big brother house um with the lights turned off and they would Him and Janie would, uh, his, like his, the, the hot blonde friend of his in the house that they weren't, you know, uh, and they would, they would hit each other. Right. What?
0: They're platonic friends, right?
1: Oh yeah. No, no, no. You you can tell when people are platonic friends on the show. Because there's a, (laughs) you're always filming what they do. So if they slip something in somewhere, there's cameras. 24-7. Twenty-four-seven, but God. I also have—I um, don't know if you're familiar with this—that um, thing that the paper, my paper towels are on.
0: Yeah, that
1: what paper, is it? That paper towel holder. The paper towel holder. It's from the house. I have like a giant yellow bowl that was from the house. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: I have We've a got couple of real BB
0: souvenirs. I know on Survivor they auction those things off and give the money to poor
1: children. Like the loincloths.
0: So but instead of doing that, well, they're just in Byron's house No, BB.
1: No. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm no, kidding. No, no, no. But I'm it was jest. it was interesting. Uh at one of the last things that they did, um, it was like a live show and they needed some sort of set change inside the house. So we all got inside a um uh, like one of the closets or whatever, like one of the rooms where we could go in and, like, fill all the groceries in the, in right. the closet. Like the, one of the and pantry closets? Pantry closet, and there's, like, two doors, so then we can enter from right. backstage and then exit. And so they would all go hide, and we'd go in and, like, put a bunch of shit somewhere. That, you know, so we'd change a set during a commercial break, and I got to go inside the house, and I was pretty excited. I was like a child back then.
3: What?
0: Dude. Look, I'm still, I'm a mark for B- Big Brother. I would pop for that right now if I got to be the guy to bring in the fucking ecto cooler or whatever. You know, you, my
1: my fa- one of my favorite jobs way back when when I was a PA was working on Big Brother, and I was a banner watch. I was on banner watch, so I would sit in my car. God, the... those are
0: the early seasons, weren't they?
1: I don't. They are they still, still doing it?
0: No, because they're they're like completely inside now. I think they don't
1: have a backyard where they where no, the, the woman just tanned. yeah. But I don't
0: think the backyard is exposed to seeing the, the sky. sky. I think it's like some like fog tarp or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, but the, I don't the think they have that problem anymore. Everyone though, with can fly like, over
0: planes and all that shit, uh, and dropping the secret. Because what it was on Radford lot back then, right?
1: Yeah. Did they move away from Radford?
0: No, I think it's on Radford. I just think they came up with some contingency for that because they had huge problems with that, like the first few seasons. And I thought somebody was going to ruin the show at some point. Yeah. People were like flying banners and like,
1: hey, everyone hates you or your mother died or something. Yeah. Um, Or, but like, I would be on the parking lot structure sitting in my car just kind of listening to talk radio all day. One time though, I mean,
0: I guess nowadays they probably could get around it unless it was in the middle of a comp. They could just send everybody inside if they. They saw would a send people
1: inside, yeah. And the thing is, you'd always have someone at the airport, or we knew what airport was taking was, banner was doing it, and we knew the people it doing it. But airport. we can't. Well, I didn't want to say it. But I'm sorry, be... it wasn't Van Nuys Airport. I remember that I'd go. I didn't work
0: on the show. I didn't sign any fucking NDAs for Big Brother. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Well, it's walk. been a while. It was Van Nuys. But I'd go into <laughs> Byron like, didn't say it.
1: into the bar that's called like the Captain's Lounge. I'd have a something and watch like dvds when i would do netflix dvds
0: now you know you're not supposed to wear a hat into an airport bar right you have to buy everyone in the bar a drink if you wear a hat in
1: why why it's an air force
0: thing but it applies to any airport air force yeah Hmm. Hmm. cute cute (laughs) air force i'm sorry i digressed a little bit but it it makes me wonder what (laughs) evie dub is doing right now i feel like He's standing in post on a holiday week by himself, like, editing the entire show for next season, and everybody else, like, went on vacation. Like, Evie Dub is sitting on the beach with fucking Wagner, drinking cervezas. And, no,
1: De Joseph.
0: And, and, DeJoseph.
1: DeJoseph is doing tequila shots wearing a Dr. Wagner Jr. Oh, so yeah, like, he's He just, can wear
0: it now without
1: spoiling the show.
0: Exactly. So he's been waiting, and he can fucking wear it now. And then CM's actually, you know, working on some other show, and... and Poor Evie Dub is just like, I feel like he's standing in post for Lucha Underground by himself, like going, Where, where's my editors? And like having to cut things himself and do sound design. So episode like four or five of next season is going to be really awesome. It's going to be all done by you got. Dub.
1: You really got to get that double hit, or is it a single hit, with, with a little bit of echo any time that Johnny Mundo does his post? <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah, that's a great move. I like how he has his Who's going to play the
0: didgeridoo for the big lucha sound effect at the beginning of the show if no one else is there? That... I don't know. Oh. They
1: should hire Matt Hardy's son to play his exceptional <laughs> xylophone.
0: Oh, God, Matt Hardy. How the mighty have fallen.
1: No, he, Matt Hardy, is outshining. Matt Hardy is bigger than TNA and he is outshining. Now, Jeff Hardy will always be a bigger draw than him, but Matt Hardy is doing a better job at what he's... Like, he's trying harder, and he's doing okay. better. Okay, I, I gotta cl- close this thing
0: with the last Lucha thing, all right? This is the, your Lucha Easter egg for having listened to King the Clarno's show the best. this long. Okay. We now know that Dr. Wagner is most likely not the limo guy. So, could it still be Arnold? Might it be Kevin Cross that we've talked to and who has now publicly announced that he has been working dark for Lucha Underground? He's we were been getting around tweets. there a lot.
1: We were getting tweets. I forgot from who about that possibility.
0: I'm going to be, I'm going to be super salty if that is the case. And like he was on our show and couldn't tell us cause that would just make me feel stupid. Cause honestly, complete shoot people. He has not said anything to us about what he's actually doing at Lucha, which sucks. Which is why we brought him on the
1: show in the first place.
0: No, no, we, I, I knew he would. I knew he couldn't. Uh, could only no, say a certain no, amount we, of stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah we, by the way, he has a show in Vegas. On FSW. FSW. Oh yeah. I don't know if he's actually wrestling. I'd like to go to that. I show. I
0: think he is. Um, now, is it an announcement? Go. Huh?
1: Is I? I wasn't sure if he was just talking or doing an announcement.
0: What at FSW?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I hope he's wrestling. I yeah, I definitely. Well, he want said to go. we could
0: come out, and we'll find out, and we'll tell you guys on the next week's show if he's yeah. actually going to perform. We'll, we'll get a, you an update on Kevin and and God, I don't know uh, honestly if he's the Cigar Man. I guess that could be kind of fucking cool. Um, I still kind of no offense to Kevin. I still kind of hope it's Schwarzenegger or some big name. I heard a couple of people drop actor names, and you know, it's Here's not going to be then... it's not going to be Machete. It Cause yeah. Danny Trejo has already appeared as himself. So I don't think that that would work.
1: I think it's a MMM show, a uh, theory exclusive about Eugene Nagata out of new Japan. That'd that be kind of cool.
0: So awesome. I can't even tell you guys heard, why that theory would work so well. But I have not heard so that
1: sweet. at all or read it online, but yeah, we're in agreement. That'd be really good.
0: That would be so awesome. Um, for a few reasons. Um, Mostly because I think it would make Casey okay with life.
1: Oh, I don't want... mm.
0: You don't want to make Casey okay with life? No. I want to see Casey get a win.
1: What is... But what's he doing for a win? Uh, That's true.
0: Has he worked for... Dude, he's gone to the temple like every weekend of his life except that one time he got sick. He's done everything possible for a win. He's been begging for a win for a long time.
1: How many times during Ultima Lucha did he wait in line?
0: Well, that's true. This year
1: zero right not zero
0: miedo just zero yeah i had no fear of being there at three in the morning um so anyway yeah those are some of the theories i heard edward james almost jimmy smiths those would be great uh jimmy smiths would be great
1: yeah but they got shit on by dexter oh stop they were all so bad in dexter but he was great on Sons of Anarchy. Jimmy Smith stabbed a guy on Dexter. For Jimmy like, Smith's on Sons
0: of Anarchy was badass. He was he the grabbed... OG NorCal fucking oh, yeah? gangster dude. Yeah. I didn't see it. That was trying to tell the, the young boys how to get it done right. He was trying to bring it together. And he was trying to help his son who had like issues, who was touched.
1: I went to um, a party shape. that may or may not have been some sort of biker party. And they had a stripper who... <laughs> Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. What, that, do
1: you, what do you mean, may or may not? You don't walk into a party and not
0: know if it's a fucking bike or party, Byron.
1: And uh, the stripper like poured fire, like the oil, and then lit oil on fire on her body. Was
0: it motor oil that would befit a motorcycle?
1: No, it was like the kind of stuff that burns out <laughs> of low temperature. Because that would be a dead giveaway if it was a biker party. It was like, uh, no, I would say it was something like um, hand sanitizer or whatever that oh, gotcha. that burns out of low temperature. If you want to do something cool, if you want to freak people out, get a bunch of hand sanitizer. Set your hand Turn on the fire. lights off. Yeah, put on your hands and then light it. I've done that. Or like smear it on a, on a table and light it on fire. But I will also,
0: tr- anything 151 or higher, I will shoot fireballs. I know how to do fireballs now. I'd
1: rather drink it.
0: Drink Fireball? That shit's nasty.
1: No, not Fireball. (laughs) Here's a fun story. I went to uh, when I when I got out to Florida, we were going to this one uh, bar restaurant, and our nice waitress was all enthusiastic, and she was like, "Oh, you should try our homemade or you know we make our own Fireball. You should try it. It's really good. It's really popular." And we all tried it, and um, all of our whole crew. We tried it, and we would all have, like, the sweats and, like, nightmares that night. Like, it really affected us, and we tried nah, it. Like,
0: it's a hallucinogen, man. That's it bad was shit bad. for you.
1: And then we, it turns out she doesn't even drink.
0: <laughs> this is the point where Casey would say, Byron, what does this have to do with who might be the limo guy? I don't know. Well, are there any other wrestlers out there that might show up? Like, is Batista going to show up as the fucking limo guy? Like, Like, who else could it be?
1: How how great would it be if it were Batista now that he's shitting all over W like after like I'm Hunter saying, yeah. Hunter laughs at him like Guardians of the Galaxy,
0: uh, he was legit in Guardians of the Galaxy even though he's basically playing a big dumb guy.
1: No, but he he didn't think that the movie was even going to be worth coming okay, back right, to promote, right. and now he's like he's number two after The Rock.
0: Yeah, pretty much B- better film career than Cena had already Seen to tried a couple but they were kind of like straight really, to video almost
1: like He was good in Trainwreck.
0: Yeah, I mean whatever.
1: But that was That wasn't his movie. That wasn't
0: his movie. I mean, that was him playing a, a meathead and showing his ass.
1: Yeah, to be fair, could have been anyone.
0: No, I'm pretty sure that was it was John
1: no, no. It no, had to be John. It could have been played by any. Oh, like, you really think
0: bounce. that's as funny though if it's not Cena? I thought it was funnier because it was Cena for oh, sure. Oh, for us, yeah. Like, you either want that part to be John Cena or Kevin Hart.
1: <laughs> like Kevin like, Hart is jacked. I mean Nowhere
0: he's... nowhere in between would have worked. Like, you didn't want an average guy to be that. You wanted either a, a half a man like Kevin Hart or you want fucking John Cena because it's you, hilarious. You could
1: have gotten a muscle bound actor. Maybe. Or uh Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe Kevin Nash could do Mickey done it. Rourke.
1: Kevin Nash would have been
0: funny in that Get part Mickey too. Get Mickey Rourke back on the juice. No, not the face. The face would not have worked for that part. <laughs> not at all. Not even with her.
1: Here's your YouTube homework. Look up uh, Mickey Rourke fighting a boxing match in yeah. Russia.
0: And I, I'm just briefly going to mention this. I said I was going to mention the Hall of Fame. I'm so so honored and pleased and happy that Don Fry is getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, look up some of his pride stuff. I'm not even going to get into a whole long thing. Me and Casey will talk about it next week after he gets in. Um, I just think it's really awesome. He was going through some hard times, and he really only was in the UFC for a year or so, but he's got a very storied career, and the fact that UFC has basically brought out, bought out pride um, and owns the, the old footage. Go on Fight Pass if you have Fight Pass. Look up the old Don Frye non-UFC fights. Watch some of the amazing stuff he did, and then get back to me. We'll talk about it next week. Also... One of my favorite moments in UFC ever, Petey Williams, Mark Coleman. I I have reposted the face kick to Coleman so many fucking times mm-hmm. in my life because it's amazing. That fight is being <laughs> inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know what that means. Like, does Coleman? I think Coleman might already be in anyway. Um, it's awesome for Petey Williams because that's just like his defining moment. Uh, and he was a pretty big part of early UFC um in the 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 late the late tens and teens numbers or whatever um, anyway i just thought that that was really cool that's all we have for this week we, we i'm not gonna say it's all we have time for because one of these days we're going to do like a 5 hour podcast and then we're going to give something away to whoever listens to all the way to the whole thing
1: yeah we won't we won't cut him short on that one
0: yeah but anyway that was a lot to cover this week glad that our our boy uh jim jimmy five jim v stopped by um it was cool to have him on wish we could have had casey here this week because there's a lot of casey topics we'll bring him up next week though and you guys can just hear him rant now that you already know what me and byron think and uh until next time stay calm and stay in the mix